It's the Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy Seafood. The Baltimore podcast that, boys, I just want to get this off right at the top. It's a Jalen Smith stan account. That's what we are. That's what we are. We're a Jalen Smith stan podcast. Sticks is back. Sticks is back. No, I'm not opening with Ravens talk. I'm opening with Sticks. What a star. <sighs> what a star. I, su- I, I support the finest. sentiment, but you're off the clock right now. Fair. Fair. It's another. Sometimes I sometimes I'm with you, but sometimes I do have to be reminded. Sometimes I do have to be reminded. It's Banks. It's RDT. It's myself, Taylor Smith. Back another week of Baltimore sports talk. Grayson Rodriguez, a fantastic interview with the number one right-handed pitching prospect in baseball. The number one, the number one pitching prospect in the Orioles organization. He's tremendous. Friend of the show. Now big Baltimore sports fan. He might be the quickest adopter of Baltimore sports of any of any like player coming into the area, just like jumping on board with the with everything involved. He's been very good. So we talked to him a lot about that, about his offseason work and, and a bunch of different things. That interview coming up. But let's get to the biggest storyline of the week. And obviously that's Ravens Steelers coming up this weekend. Ravens in a tough situation. They got to win. They need a lot of things to happen. There are people out there. There are people out there asking if the Ravens should even try to win. What say you, Banks? This is, it's silly. It's silly talk. You play to win the game and, and make the playoffs. Um, yeah, it's, it's stupid. Like, crazier things have happened. I think there was a year – gosh, I should have looked this up. Um, there was a year at some point where we – I want to say we beat the Dolphins in the last week of the season and then – we needed two things to happen, and I think it happened. It was probably during the Billick era. But anyways, um, <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's, it's a matter of pride. Like it, football is a prideful game. It's a similar conversation what we had after the, the whole thing with Denver, um, where there's just certain things that you just – if you lay over – if you just lay down and die and don't fight and try to make something happen here, like – what, what kind of culture do you have? What kind of, what kind of statement are you making to your football team as a coaching staff, as, as an organization, if you just don't put your best foot forward to try to win this game? Well, it's also, I mean, no one wants to end the, end the season on a six-game losing streak, let alone, the, you know, like I said, the Ravens. Or you don't, you don't want the Steelers coming in and being able to potentially – because they, they haven't clinched a spot yet, right? They still have to win. Are they They're as likely as we are, pretty much. They're basically as likely as we are. I they mean, need to win as bad as we do, and they need help as well. I can't imagine a player in maybe the last 20 years that Ravens fans – like, if, if there's an image of Big Ben in his – potentially his last se- – probably his last season putting on a playoffs hat, you know, in the M&T locker room or on the field, it's like that's, that's not going to sit well with anyone. That's not going to, to really – People are going to be pissed, as they should be. I get. I mean, I get it. If you could add a what? I think I saw today that if they lose with the tiebreakers and all that, they can get up to like the twelfth pick is the highest. I think someone said fifteenth is if they lose fifteenth is most likely the the pick that they would, I think, end up with. It's like okay, it's a fine pick, and like I get it. You can add a, a top fifteen pick to a, a, a roster that I think you can going into next year fully healthy, fully COVID free. I think you have to say they're one of the best rosters in football. Um, I don't think there's a doubt about that. If you can add a, a top prospect or not prospect, but a top, you know, rookie next year. Yeah, it's great. But like you said, I mean, still have a chance to go to the dance. Why would you not want to? And the people being like, well, you're just going to go out in the first round anyway. It's like, 
you don't know that you, you really don't, you can make a, like you said, you can make a run. You can, stuff can happen. We've seen COVID issues pop up with pretty much every team. It could all the, the Ravens, if they have a hot four, four weeks, five weeks, you know, we'll see in LA. I mean, not saying that's going to happen, but yeah, I, I think the people who are like, Oh, just lose for a draft pick. I, I don't think that really, it's not a hardball thing to do. It's not a Ravens thing to do. It's not really a football thing to do either. Again, especially with a playoff berth, it, it's not impossible. I mean, it's you, it's within sight. You can see it. I didn't even really want to bring that up, but I felt like it was a nice, fun way to start the discussion. It's the most outrageous manufactured radio talking point of all time. I mean, let's be honest. They're going to go out and try to win the game. It's a, it's a game against your biggest rival. It's a situation where you still have a chance to make the playoffs. As Banks said, crazier things have happened. Just to remind everybody, Chargers, Colts, and Miami need to lose, and the Ravens need to win for them to make the playoffs. Simple as that. Fair enough. Um, Miami plays the Patriots. Not an easy game. What's the stat with the Colts in Jacksonville? That everyone's throwing around. I they have this in front of me, and I can never. The Colts and Jacksonville. They haven't won in Jacksonville since 2014. September 2014. Ridiculous. Yeah. And with Car with Carson Wentz, truly anything is possible um, involving them. And then the Chargers play the Raiders. Also not a gimme at all. Banks, do you want to go into that that explanation? I saw you were diving into uh, it. This, I don't know if that's too long a talking point for you. Yeah. This is a this is something that I can't believe isn't a bigger talking point. Um, because the NFL should be taken to task for this with the way it works out, regardless of our game, regardless of, um, did I, did you mention also that the, the Pats need to beat the Dolphins? That's, right. I think that's yep. one of the pieces. Yep. Um, yep. if, if simply the, the Jaguars do upset the Colts, the, the Sunday night game that's supposed to be set up to be like, Oh, winner goes to the playoff loser might go home. Um, could be a complete farce. They could play to a tie. If the two teams tie in that Sunday night game, they both make the playoffs. So they have incentive to just not even try. They could take meal downs the entire game. And then even, you know, even if that scenario does arise and they have the opportunity to take the knees, you know, they won't take the knees, but think about if there's a game that's, that's close. If it's five minutes left in the fourth quarter, and the, the game's tied, how much risk are these teams going to put themselves at to potentially put themselves out of the playoffs? And then once it gets overtime, like, are they really going to be trying that hard? Like, there's no reason why these teams would put that at risk. So just the fact that the NFL has put that scenario into play is a joke. Then as it affects the Ravens, um, let me let me think about this, exactly how the scenarios work again. If the Colts beat the Jaguars and the Pats beat the Dolphins. If those two things happen, that's two of the three legs the Ravens need to happen. If those two legs happen, the Raiders have clinched their spot. So they have nothing to play for on Sunday night football, which is the last leg that the Ravens need. So if we get the first two legs done and we beat the Steelers, we have all those things happen. We go to Sunday night football needing a Raiders team that has no reason to play for anything other than trying to improve their seating. Like that, that is completely unfair to the Ravens. And it'd be one thing if this, these games were scheduled out like this at the beginning of the season, or even two or three weeks out, you know, the way they do the flexing sometimes during the season, they announce things like 10 days out, three weeks out, whatever, but they purposefully set up the schedule 
to know all the scenarios and try to avoid this exact type of scenario. And the Ravens are the one team that are potentially going to be screwed out if they have all the things go right for them. And then it comes to that at the end. And it's bullshit. It's bullshit. So I, I ran the playoff, the ESPN playoff mm-hmm. machine real quick. And I picked Chiefs win, Ravens win, Bengals win, Titans win, Colts win, um, Bills win, Patriots win, and then Raiders and Chargers tie. And again, I don't know if, it, if the playoff machine can handle it, but it has the Chargers in as the seventh seed. It doesn't have the Raiders in at all. Hmm. So I, Maybe again, NFL I, means is just wrong. I don't know. But yeah. <laughs> at the very, at the very least, who, who could ever question NFL memes? Who could? At the, at the very least, with five thirty eight, <laughs> what I did, what I just explained, the Raiders are in. Mm-hmm. I'm with, trying to figure out who the would they be in loss. over? Would they be in over the Colts? At the, would the the Chargers be the sixth seed and the Raiders would be the seven? I don't know. Somebody I don't DM know. NFL. I don't memes. have my browser open because I'm yeah. trying to get my internet to because your internet doesn't work but, in any capacity. Correct. Um, it, it's sort of one of, it's always that some of that stuff is probably always going to happen in the way the NFL now does this, the best scenario, <laughs> which they will never do. Cause they want time slots filled for TV is you do the world cup, all the games in the group start at the same time. And mm-hmm. like, that's what MLS does on quote unquote, they call it decision day. Not that anyone I'm sure listening to this cares much about MLS, but everything starts at the same time. So you can't have things like that happen. Um, but the NFL probably looked at it and said, well, the Colts are beating the Jags, so really what does it matter? Which, you know, I can't really necessarily blame them for because they're trying to get one game that is sort of win and in on Sunday Night Football. They didn't really get a lot of good games. And I'm sure in their head, you expand the playoffs, you think like there's going to be more fun at the end of the year with some of these games. They really didn't get a lot of great games from like a yeah. both teams need to win perspective. Like Steelers Ironic- is definitely won. Chargers Raiders is one but happens after everything so they get to see what happens other than that like rams 49ers isn't for the division dolphins patriots isn't for the division. those teams need to win but not beat each other for anything bills jets isn't for the division um like scenarios go where the patriots can win the division the bills can win blah, blah, blah whatever it is but you know it didn't end up working out all that well and then there's a lot like a lot of meaningless games bears vikings packers lions washington and the giants um, Bengals, Browns. So, ironically, I, the, the right solution is would have probably been for this game to be the Sunday night game, because the, of course there's a, the more than likely chance that the the two teams will be eliminated by the time the game was to be played. Yeah, but you have the big storyline. You have the big storyline on Sunday night football with Big Ben and a rivalry game. And if the two teams are knocked out, you at least have this a narrative that's like. Well, you know, these teams are still going to fight to the death because they hate each other and, you know, that all that stuff. And, of course, big, big bet, the whole thing. So, yeah, you just can't. I th- I'm sure looking at it three weeks ago, I'm sure NBC wanted that this to be the Sunday night game. I mean, I'm sure that, I mean, I'm sure they were watching the Ravens lose every week and saying and the Steelers lose. And, I'm, you know, they're probably thinking, oh, my God, we're trying to figure out, like, which game goes. This is a more marketable game than. Raiders Chargers Raiders Chargers is the game that makes sense that that's the game that was always going to be on Sunday night football regardless of what the scenarios look like for the Ravens and the Steelers or whatever it is that's just that's just the game that is the most winning in of all the games and that's the game they're going to put on because they want to sell that all week and they'll sell it in the pregame and blah 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 what even if it, Saturday- it won't, even if it doesn't apply the Saturday games are Chiefs Broncos and Cowboys Eagles 
Okay. So, so which is I, essentially I, like, let's put our two, our biggest team and our biggest star into the primetime slots. Cause those games yeah. really don't mean anything. Chiefs still fighting for the number one seed. Cowboys really fighting for nothing, I guess seeding, but they're not fighting for the number one seed. So yeah, I think they're, they're pretty locked in. I think against the Cardinals, which would just be a repeat of last week. Yeah. So two fun games. Well, not the Broncos. The Broncos are not fun, but Cowboys Eagles just to fun for the hijinks on a Saturday night. Yeah. Jalen Hurts, Dak Prescott. Those are, those Prescott. are the only two games, right? Those are the only on two Saturdays? games. Both on ES. That's the ESPN yeah. ABC doubleheader. Yeah. Nice. Okay. I could do so, that. But yeah, Ravens playoff scenarios as such. Um, but as you said, Banks, the biggest storyline really is is now the biggest storyline because I don't think anyone thinks either of these teams are going to make the playoffs is the retirement of Big Ben. Big Ben's final game as a Steeler coming at M&T Bank Stadium. Nobody listens to this show needs us to go into the history of, of what that entails. Um, that's going to be fun. There's going to be a lot of emotion his, there. He made his first start in M&T, right? Or his first appearance? First appearance. I think Tommy Maddox was knocked out. Yeah. By yeah. I think, yeah, I think, I think Glenn think, Clark had Gary, Gary Baxter, Baxter on who knocked him out. Yeah. He, he said that Steelers fans originally were mad at him for knocking out Tommy Maddox because they were like, great, now we have to play this rookie. And then I think he said like by the end of his career, he was like getting thanked for it. Yeah, yeah Tommy, Ma- Gary I mean, Tommy Maddox was good. Glenn, Glenn did the question for Gary. Gary gave the uh, what's the what's his face answer, the Greg Gumble answer. So that some something needs to be said about that. I'm I'm probably going to the game, and I will not be I will not be giving him a standing O. I will not be applauding him. I will be booing him wholeheartedly. Are you going to turn your back to him? Oh, no, I won't do that. Are you going to do the do the newspaper? Bring a newspaper. Yeah, not, you want me to get not, you a Diamondback? No, they don't print. Them Can you anymore. get seventy thousand Diamondbacks? No, they don't. They don't even print them anymore. Get an ESPN magazine, an old school one, and do that. They don't print those either. They don't. Know how how do you do you, your Sudoku in in business school classes? You're not trying to pay attention in. If you don't have a Diamondback, Diamondback does not print. Fingers. Does not print. Gosh. Yeah. Sad time. Crossword and the Sudoku and, and the and the diver back got me through a God, lot of lectures. Can't can't, re- can't read diversions anymore. How will I go on? <laughs> yeah, need to see the Kid Cudi album review. Um, I, I will be I, I will be interested to see uh, what the boo to cheer ratio is. I think it's going to be overwhelming boos. I, I this doesn't I, feel like a respect situation. It really doesn't. I think Ravens fans hate this guy. I mean, I don't think that. I know that. Yeah. But I think he's going to know that the boos are coming, and I think that's going to be like the respect thing for him. Like Ben knows he's not going to get cheered there. I think that's going to be like a this is what it was always going to be. It was always going to be the boos. Like wait, the Steelers fans weren't going to what did what did they what did they do in Ray Lewis's last year? Like they're not good. They they didn't stand up and cheer for Ray Lewis. That wouldn't have been Steelers Ravens. Like I th- I think he knows the boos are coming. It's not like it's going to bother him. He's not going to be like what what is going on? I'm getting booed. Like I think he's fine with it. I think, he, again, we saw the tearful goodbye last night. I think he, that that's it, and he had it, and, and he'll ride off into the sunset. I'm discouraged by the gooey sentiment on my timeline last night during all that. It was heavy, and I it, it was heavy <sighs> early on, too. I nauseating. On, I turned on, like, the ESPN pregame at, like, 6.30, and they had the, you know, the headphones in, the hood on or the hat on, and, like, the slow lumbering walk alone down the tunnel. And I think I tweeted and I was like, oh, we're really doing this big. It didn't even like really click to me that like, oh, we're going to do this. Oh my gosh. And it was like, we're getting the full, 
the camera guy following him in the tunnel. And I was like, we're doing it all. It's, it's everything. Obviously, it was really I, I the, the Brian Greasy comment towards the end that did it for me. Just I was, like I was watching the Manning cast. So what did he say? He said there was three minutes left or so. And, and the Browns were moving down the field to try to cut, to cut it to a one score game. And he says, you know, Ben's been really excellent tonight. And they put up the graphic and it's like 23 of 45 for 123 yards. It's, I think his average per attempt was like 2.7 yards. I think it's literally the lowest in history that, of that, anyone of anywhere near that amount of completions. That's I saw. It and I know great Grayson mentions. So he played the, the possibly the most inefficient game in NFL history, you know, without throwing interceptions and such, he threw one interception, but for them to say it was excellent tonight was just like, Jesus Christ. I mean, are you kidding me? What, what planet are we on? Which, which I got into a mini rant last night at about 1130 PM when I'm trying to go to bed and I pissed off some serious fans. And I, I quite frankly do not care because I've been saying this for years and I laugh every single draft day when the Steelers have not, succession planned whatsoever for life after big Ben. And it has forced their hand to put him in this situation where he's been the biggest hindrance for their football team this year. They've had a couple injuries. Their offensive line is not very good, but you know, the way that you can maneuver around a poor offensive line is to have somebody who can do something besides just stand there and, and just pump fake every so often. And I mean, the guy cannot move. He's the reason they're not making the the playoffs this year. They're not going to make the playoffs. It's going to be because Big Ben is under center. And their options, I guess, they 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 threw um, some hats in the, the Mason Rudolph ring, and that, we knew that wasn't, you know, a great solution for them. And if it was a, a decent solution, then maybe he would have started some this year. But um, they just – I mean, I, a couple of years ago, they they had every opportunity to take Jalen Hurts in the middle of the second round. They didn't do that. They took a running back in the first round. I've talked enough about that. It was just – the, it's just there's a level of delusion about like it's the same thing with Jeter in 2014 starting at shortstop for 120 games or whatever it was is just to appease a legacy and it's like okay that's cool but let's just make sure that the reason this team isn't going places is because we got to do this whole thing and so you're saying Greasy was slobbering him it, it was the, it was the opposite on the Manning cast because they had Snoop Dogg on. And I'm not a big Snoop Dogg guy. I think we overuse Snoop Dogg way too much. Like, we don't need him in everything. Ah, he, you on. know, he's, he's a quote-unquote Steeler fan. And he's trashing Ben. Every play, it's third and ten. And he throws the check down to the running back. And Snoop's like, there goes Ben. Oh, two-step Ben. Two steps and out Ben. Like, that's what you're calling in the huddle. And he keep, he's, he's, literally, he's like shit-talking Ben the entire time. And it, it was funny because he's like, this is why he's got to go. He's like, this guy can't throw down the field. This guy... Every, every tight end takes two steps and he runs left and that's it. So again, it was the complete opposite. Snoop was, Snoop was killing him. It, it, it got to a point where it was actually funny. It was very comical. Um, and, and back to your thing. I know we've talked about it a couple of times. The Steelers not planning for the, the big Ben, you know, retirement or whatever you would have thought when they were, when they were, when he went out, what was that two years ago when he had that elbow injury and he played two games and they saw the quarterback play between duck Hodges and, and maybe it is was such thought, writing on the wall. It's like right in front of you. That's the time. That's the time where you've got as a franchise, you got to be like, listen, guys, this thing is ending sooner rather than later. And we've got to figure this shit out 
quick. And they're like, nah, nah, we'll just, we'll keep throwing them out there. And like, even my, I have cousins and friends who are all Steeler fans. And I'm like, what are you guys going to do next year? Are you going to draft Sam Howell? Are you going to draft Kenny Pickett? And they're like, Aaron Rodgers. And it's like, okay, well, guess what? You're going to be right back in this situation in two years when he retired, you know? Like, that doesn't it, – it, He's great. not going to Pittsburgh. <laughs> no, well, that, but, I mean, to quote your girl Taylor Swift, what did she say? Band-Aids don't fix bullet holes? Like, that's not, not going to do wow, anything. Wow, what a reference yeah, that you is. you like that? You like that? You want to hear this? I use that as a blog title uh, when the Gerardo Parra trade didn't go, didn't go well for the Orioles. God. Yeah, that's a, we don't have bad blood cool. now, Eric. I'm not sure where the dots connect on that, but because because people were like, "Oh, Gerardo Parra is the the outfielder that's gonna that's gonna like solidify this outfield." Like, no, him and Travis. Well, what does that have to do with band aids and bowls? Like, Gerardo Parra was the band aid. Didn't fix it. Oh, okay. The Nick yeah. Marcakis bullet holes. I wonder yeah, if Gerard- yeah, Travis Snyder never thought that he was. I was so team band aid over a bullet hole. Gerardo Parra. <laughs> yeah. That was such a big Gerardo Parra guy, too. I'm I was, too. He was disappointed great. Disappointed that I, didn't pan out for us well. Great stance. I loved the swing. I was like, oh, this is going to work. It did not. But, yeah, they, they they have not done a great job planning for the future. You you mentioned Mason Rudolph. Um, I have to get my Dwayne Haskins thing in here. They also threw some bucks into that <laughs> ring. Um, we'll see. Maybe they, like they like Dwayne Haskins. Maybe they like Dwayne Haskins in their start next year. I hope that's the case. Um, <laughs> Could you imagine that? Like if they throw him out there, I don't he think he might it's be ins- the next least less efficient quarterback. I mean, he will be. I think there's the no year. doubt they will go into. The, they will draft a quarterback this year. They have to, so they'll draft a quarterback probably in the first imagine round. If they don't, they'll draft Pickett, or maybe they won't. Maybe they'll go and do the Carson Wentz thing and find somebody like that. I mean, like who are the candidates for them for that? Rogers is obviously the dream scenario. I don't think that's Russell, happening. Russell either. Wilson. Russell Wilson is the other dream scenario. It doesn't. Feels like Seattle's kind of patching that thing back together the way he's talked the last couple weeks. Russell also does not feel like a Pittsburgh guy. No. He would hate Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't yeah, seem like a Pittsburgh guy. Sierra's probably not a fan. Yeah, Sierra's not Sierra. He doesn't want to eat Permanis every week. Not her good. But I mean, there's some stopgap. I mean, like Mariota. The, I know the Panthers, the Panthers did the oh, like, oh, Sam Darnold. I mean, so they could do something like that too. Like Teddy B. Cal, you know who'd be funny? Baker. I was thinking he's, that too. not that he's gonna be a free agent, but <laughs> trade Minka, trade Minka back to the, to the Dolphins <laughs> for uh, for Tua. But so we'll see what they look like next year. I think in I think in terms of this game, you know, Big Ben is just not. This is the perfect quarterback. I think that the Ravens would want to face at this point with the secondary they have, the way he cannot stretch the field. He feels like you're gonna be able to scheme against him in a way where. First of all, you hopefully you get OA back and you're able to just get more pressure. And the way they played this week against Stafford, and you know, there's some good weapons on the Steelers, but they don't have anybody like Cooper Cup. I really like Deontay Johnson. I think he's awesome. But you would think this is a manageable situation for the Ravens defense, and they've stopped the run really well. So, you know, as you know, Najee Harris, whether you like the fact that he's had a lot of carries and won some people some fantasy leagues this week, or you see some of the inefficiency that's there, the the Ravens have done a really nice job stopping the run. You would think they that will continue, and whoever's under center, I, th- I think the Ravens are going to just be able to just outscore whatever the Steelers can bring on offense. It's just not an impressive thing to watch, and it, especially in front of a Ravens crowd. But I think with the Big Ben emotion, I think if this was another team in another situation. This could be a very maybe not muted crowd, but 
kind of a pensive crowd on Sunday where, you know, you're pretty much out of it, but you still have a chance. You're in it, but you're not in it. It's the last home game probably. I think with the Ben stuff, this is going to be a pretty, pretty good environment that people will want to be a part of. So I think the Ravens have a lot in their favor going into this game. And no COVID issues right now. So fantastic. Yeah, they're they're favored by five and a half, which is more than I thought they would be. So there's that. Is that assuming Lamar starts or is that assuming? That's just the line with that up in the air. Yeah. So it's liable to change, of course. And there's no there's no signals that he's gonna start. There's a, the same quote from Harbaugh as every Monday and Tuesday. We're excited to see what he can do with a practice on Wednesday. Do you guys think – what percentage does he need to be for you guys to throw him out there? We've had this exact same discussion last week, but now it really applies. 80%, I guess. It feels like a good number. 75 to 80, yeah. Again, I mean, if he's moving like he was moving last week on he's the sawdust, it's not – It's you can't put him out there. Expect you're going to put him out there against TJ Watt. I mean, we saw it. What, what did Baker get sacked nine times? I get, I get it. Like, I mean, you you just cannot put him out there again. That makeshift line. And meanwhile, we can talk about it. Was Von Miller trolling with that quote about Patrick McCarry being one of the rest the best of right tackles in in the league? Did you guys see? You saw that, right? I didn't, but. Oh, he. I don't think he. I don't think he was based on the way that that was getting delivered on social media from people. It wasn't like Von Miller said with a scoff or was like smiling. It sounded like he actually had a lot of respect for him. Yeah, and and got that extension last week. We didn't talk about that. I think it was after our podcast last week. But he said Patrick McCarry, who who Von. Oh no, that was uh, blah blah blah. Yeah, he just he basically he said you know he called him one of the best. It's one of the best right tackles in the league. I played against him earlier in the year in Denver, and I feel like he got my number. I was telling the guys all week I've got a bone to pick. I just didn't think Patrick McCarry and, like, best right tackle. And I mean, good I mean for him. If, if that's the case for Miller, if he got shut down by him, then that's what he's going to think about him. Yeah, I'm, I'm, sure I'm telling you right now, McCarry is very respected amongst the Ravens, and I guess that word is out amongst the other – I mean, delegated with Kevin Zietler's wife in Chicago, and she was like, he loves playing next to McCarry. McCarry is – um, just has like the, one of those next level brains where he just like, since he knows all these different positions he's played, he's just one of those linchpins that he's just there and you can trust that he's going to do what he's supposed to do on a given play. Yeah, of course he is. He's known to have limitations. He's got short arms, which is surprising that he's playing tackle, but I think he's just a dog. Yeah. It's just I think in a perfect again, world. He wouldn't be playing tackle. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, if you the, the thing is though, like if you if you feel like Lamar is still not healthy, you can't put him out there against that defensive line and TJ Watt. And and again, I mean, you people don't want to see TJ Watt get the sack record while hanging all over Lamar, you know, at MNC Bank. I mean, it's 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 going to be something. I I don't know because yeah, I I think he has to be eighty percent for him to. Yeah, to go there's out. a certain level like when you say percentage, there's. Um... I don't know. There's a lot of different ways you can interpret that. Is it 80% of his ability, 80% of mobility, like Mm -hmm. whatever. I think prerequisite number one is exactly what you're kind of saying is he has to be able to protect himself. If he can't move around the issue. Yeah. Lamar has, has done a really great job of avoiding hard contact for the most part. And that's, that's the biggest thing that when people just ignorant people who don't watch the Ravens, like they just say, Oh, he gets hit. He gets tackled more than he's like, is, 
he doesn't get hit hard because he's so quick and nimble that he just gets down or he, he just glances hits and all that stuff. If he's unable to do those kinds of things, if he doesn't have that mobility in his ankle to protect himself, then that all bets are off. Like, you can't really justify putting him out there is exactly what you're saying. So I don't know what that percentage is in order to be at a level to protect himself properly, but um, I'm speculating maybe 80% is it. I don't know. Yeah. Cause again, I mean, the last thing you need is, is him to get rolled up on and, and injure the ankle even more or, you know, something like that. Cause then again, then, then this doesn't turn into just this season. Then you're, this is something you're cataloging going into OTAs and stuff like that. Like how's his leg, how's his injury. And again, I mean that people forget that's how he ended the year last year injured with the, with the concussion from Buffalo. And I mean, the ankle obviously is much different, but yeah, I guess if he can protect himself and like you said, not take that big hit. And I'm that, that hit that Watt put on Baker last night, that blindside hit. I mean, that was, that, that was, that was one of the more vicious hits I've seen in a while. That was something. And you fe- also feel like you can win the game with Tyler Huntley. So it, it, it's not a game you feel like you should rush Lamar back to because is 60, if he's at 60 or 70, is he really that much better at Huntley? It's a similar discussion to last week, but I think, you know, it's a situation where he's, you, I think you guys got it perfectly. He's got to be in a position to be able to defend himself. And if he can't defend himself, then you're, you're thinking about future years here. You're thinking about future years. But like I said, I think this is more about what the Ravens can do with Big Ben and the fact that under the radar, this besides the Bengals game where the Ravens just didn't have the cornerbacks to get it done, the defense has played pretty well for about a month and a half. So if you can shut down a guy in Big Ben who really got the victory lap this week, and like if you're a Steelers fan or him, good for him. Like, is he going to come out here and feel like he's got to now beat the Ravens to prove himself one more time? Maybe. I'm sure there'll be something there for him, for sure. The Ravens are bringing back Terrell Suggs. Tremendous troll move there by them. Um, if that's even a troll, they might have had, just had that ready to go. But, um, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see what what both these teams look like in general. Two teams that just feel like they need the season to end to a certain extent. Not that I'm saying either of them don't want to make the playoffs. Obviously, both of them want to win and make the playoffs but also ones that have some questions to answer in the off season and also don't feel that far away from competing with some moves that they're able to make, which is why it goes back to the original point about the Steelers. If you had a quarterback in place that was ready to go, they look much more menacing moving forward than the total uncertainty that I have with the position. Um, Predictions for this, for you guys. Um. Say no, I'll, I'll go. I think they scored the exact same amount of points as last week. I think they'll go. I think nineteen to fourteen. Um, I think Ben will have a, the ball. I think Steelers will have the ball last, driving to take a lead. And I, I think the I think the defense holds on. I think they win nineteen fourteen. Twenty three twenty. Who who hits Ravens? Someone hit a game winner. Uh no, I think similar scenario to what you laid out and. And Ben will throw up there. I think that uh, Roethlisberger is going to be awful in this game. I think that the Ravens win 27-12. 
Ooh. I would love the, no, 27, the, Logan, 13. the Logan Ryan pick six ending for him. 27-13. I think, I think that was it for the Steelers last week. I think that they kind of got there. They got they got the finish for, for Big Ben at home. You come on the road. We'll see. I, I for some I, I'm bullish on the Ravens this week. I don't know why. I haven't been bullish on the Ravens in two months, but I feel good about them this week. Feel good about them. 27-13. Um let's go to our interview with one of the best pitching prospects in baseball, gentlemen, um, and a friend of this show and a friend of Baltimore sports, Grayson Rodriguez, had a fantastic chat with Grayson about a variety of things, his season in Bowie and in the minors, uh, what he's doing to prepare for next year, um, some great stories he tells about being there with with, with some of the or- other Orioles, young guns, some good hunting stories, um, and his, his newfound Baltimore fandom, which I found very, very fun. So let's get to our interview with Grayson Rodriguez. Something magic happens. We're back here on the Exit 52 podcast with Orioles pitcher Grayson Rodriguez. Grayson, first of all, I have to to touch on this. You've become like the biggest Ravens rider of all time. You are like going in on the Ravens every week. You're supporting the squad. Can you figure out some sort of voodoo or miracle to get the Ravens in the playoffs? Like what are you going to do to try to get us over the line here and play some more games? You know, I'm no football genius, so I really don't have an answer. Um, (laughs) But you know, just keep hoping and praying. What what has been what has it been like for you to sort of embrace the city and the teams and and, and everything about it? It's, it seems like you have fun doing that on on social media, at least. Oh yeah, no, it's a lot of fun. Um, you know, I'm a big football fan. It's my favorite sport to watch. Um, you know, been watching football ever since I was little. Um, and the Texans were my team, and then now that's kind of a dumpster fire. And then, you know, being being drafted by the Orioles, you know, kind of, you know, feeling connected to Baltimore. Uh, it's a lot of fun, uh, you know, cheer for the Ravens. It's kind of my first season really doing it, and I've had a lot of fun doing it so far. And now, now you talked about cheering for the Ravens and all that. You were here in Baltimore, was two weekends ago, last weekend? No, two weekends ago, I think. Um, yeah, yeah, it was whenever they played the Packers. Yeah, which, again, I mean, it was a hell of a game. Obviously, it didn't turn out how Baltimore wanted, but it was a hell of a game. Um, you got to see a decent quarterback, uh, and Aaron Rodgers down there slinging around. Um, talk about that trip down to Baltimore, though, because, again, it seemed like you were, you were kind of all over um, doing some trading card stuff, and, and then, you know, you look up and you're on the big screen, you and Heston uh, at, on the big screen at the, uh, at the Ravens game. You're, you're kicking it with, with Cal Ripken at the Jimmy's tailgate. So tell us a little about that and how – I mean, how awesome was it just to meet Cal and kind of be around him? Yeah, no, that was a blast. Uh, that was my first time meeting him, uh, you know, ever. Uh, I got him to sign a ball for my grandmother. But, uh, you know, he was a super cool dude, really nice, which I played with his son, Ryan. Uh, he's in our organization. Uh, so, I've you know, kind of got to know him at spring training, whatnot like that. But, uh, yeah, it was my first time meeting Cal. He was just an awesome guy, you know, just kind of, you know, it was kind of – I was in awe to be around him. Now, now, real quick, too, obviously in the pictures, you guys are pretty similar height and all that. Can you imagine a guy that big, like, playing shortstop in, in the bigs? And Because he was – I mean, he really broke the mold for it. it just, every time I see how big he is, especially compared to someone like you who's, like, built like a horse, it's like, holy shit, how does a guy like this play shortstop? Yeah, no, definitely. Like, when you see him, I guess – you know, the first thing you don't, you, you don't, you don't think of is shortstop. And, uh, you know, I didn't think about it till after I left where I was like, Holy crap. I was like, that guy really kind of paved the way for big shortstops. And, uh, it's kind of cool to think about that. 
Yeah, for sure. Because again, like, I mean, I know we talked about it last week. Like, there's no Derek Jeter. There's no A-Rod. There's no – I know Troy Tulowitzki always talked about it too. Like, those guys are playing different positions um, if it wasn't for Cal. But, um, again, real quick, you, you and Heston up on the big screen. Obviously, you, you got a chance to talk to him. Can you tell us how he's doing? How, how he, I mean, he looked good. Obviously, he's not swinging a bat or anything at the, at the, the Ravens game. But um, it was just awesome to see him out there. and kind Because, of, again, this is kind of Baltimore's first – look at Heston. We haven't seen him, um, you know, since he was drafted during the pandemic and then he had all the heart issues. So wh- what was it like talking with him? Had you had any conversation or any, any contact with him before, you know, the Jimmy's event? Yeah, no. So I, you know, I, I played high school ball with Heston uh, during the summers and stuff. Uh, we oh. played together a little bit. So, you know, of course, when he was drafted, I was pretty pumped up. Uh, you know, some, you know, some people, I guess, didn't know him or, you know, whatnot, but, you know, I'd had, I played with him on past teams and stuff and, you know, just a great guy. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think through that whole ordeal that they were worried about, you know, was they were kind of putting his health first, uh, which was a good thing, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, he's doing fine now. Um, you know, he's going through a normal off season. Uh, you know, he's going to crank it up, you know, just like anybody else would uh, this coming spring training. So he's ready to get back out there. Grayson, when we had you last time, you know, you were sort of getting into the minor league season and, and, and there was starting to be some hype around you and the other guys in the system. You continued to have an awesome year and, and it seemed like the entire, you know, entirety of the prospects for the most part did that. As you guys look towards the future now after sort of having that full year coming off the COVID situation where you guys really weren't able to get into to much, how exciting is it now as you look towards another year, you know, after going through that with all those guys that you hope to be playing in the bigs with? Yeah, no, I mean, it's a blast. Uh, you know, I hope we never go through uh, the COVID year and the COVID baseball <laughs> again. Um, it was a lot of fun to get back out there, you know, fans in the stands and stuff like that. Um gas cans at the buoy game but uh no it was it was a blast you know just I think the biggest part for me is just seeing kids out there again you know um I remember going to games when I was young uh and just seeing kind of little kids out there asking for balls autographs whatever it might be you know I think that kind of makes it all worth it uh but you know just having fans in the stand somebody to cheer for you now you you're talking about the offseason and how you're kind of hoping that we get back to a normal one how has your off season been? What are you doing like day to day besides for like boot and field goals? Um, like what's your, are you doing like, are you, what's your long toss? How are you, how are you kind of going through your week? Cause it, this is probably, or I guess when are you starting to ramp up like your workouts and throwing programs to get on track for spring training? Yeah. So I train, I train five days a week, uh, long toss days or Tuesday and Friday. Um, just right now we're starting to get off the mounds, kind of starting to get back up there and, you know, make a few light throws or, you know, whatever it might be, have a catcher squat down for five or six, uh, just kind of get the feel back for it. Um, but yeah, I mean, playing catch every day, uh, except for the weekends, uh, that'll start here in a little bit, uh, as we throw more, but you know, right now, just kind of keeping it in the middle of the week, easing into it. What's the cool down like for you after a season? Like, do you just put the arm down for two months and say like I'm not doing anything with this and then you sort of gradually get back or you try to like get right back into working out when a season ends yeah so some guys actually keep throwing or they you know they kind of maybe only take a week off I usually from when the season ends in October I usually take off till about Thanksgiving that's something I've done my whole life and uh you know it's it's always worked great with me um doing that so that's what I'm going to continue to do until obviously I can't do that but 
you know, that's, that's something I've always done. And, you know, I like to, I love to hunt and stuff, be outside. So usually that, that first month of the off season, that's what I spend a lot of time doing. I was going to ask, are the, are the weekends like strictly reserved for hunting? Cause I follow you on Instagram. I see, I see all the big bucks and all those big racks on, you know, you're posting all the time. And it seems like you're not the only one there's like, I know we don't want to use like every Orioles minor leaguer. It seems like hunts every time I look up like DLs, like waist deep in a pond shooting ducks. And like, there's a bunch of other guys doing it too. Like they, you guys have to have a group text or something talking about these, these hunts. Right. Yeah, I know a lot of guys during the season. Uh, they always they always like to laugh that we have a bunch of rednecks in our organization. Uh, <laughs> but you know, we do have a lot of guys that hunt and fish and stuff like that, and, and that's something we can always talk about. Uh, do you guys now, Do you guys have them ranked? Who Who's the top dog here? There's got to be some sort of competition going on. You know, I'd call myself top dog in the in the whitetail world. Uh, okay, but. You know, as far as ducks and other things go, you know, I mean, it's kind of a toss up. <laughs> now, now I, I remember talking to some people who worked at Bowie when Dylan Bundy was there and they said, like, obviously you spent time there in Bowie this year. He, they said he used to sit out down like by the bullpen and like hunt raccoons and squirrels, like with his bow, either like before games or stuff like that. Like, I, 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 I that's always just a funny story to me. I don't know if you've ever heard that, if you can confirm nor deny that, but. I like. I think it's safe to say that we're not going to see you hunt any whitetail that that comes. So, up. I so I haven't told anybody this. Only a few people that know about from you know my buddies and teammates and stuff. But so in Bowie, behind the right field fence, it kind of drops off, kind of steep, right into the woods, trees, whatever you see. So there's a little part down there where they shoot off the fireworks, like you know after Friday, Saturday, whatever it might be. There's a you know, they have space down there. They shoot all those off. Well, I put out I put out a game camera, a trail camera, and poured corn, and I had deer coming up back there. I mean, literally 20 yards, 30 yards behind the right field fence. Like, I mean, half the season. And so it was it was pretty fun to watch because, you know, we'd get back from a, from a, a way stand or whatever it might be, and I'd come in and check that card in the locker room and everything, and we'd all just be crowded around my computer looking at pictures of deer that would come up behind the fence whenever we were gone. You, you guys are just lucky that Adley didn't like knock any out him or like Stowers hitting some in the middle of a game or something like that. Well, Stowers almost knocked us out one time. Uh, we were sitting there and I was sitting kind of, there's, there's also a bench above the right field wall that some of us pitchers would sit in. And there was three of us up there one day, Stowers is playing right field. I think it's a Saturday or Sunday game. I don't know. Weather's bad. Stowers had a home run his first set bat. And then, before he went out for his second one, we were laughing at him, yelling at him in right field. Hey, man, watch out. Don't hit us. So he laughed about it. Well, then the next time he went up to bat, he hit a laser beam right over us into the corona sign. And at the whole way around the bases, he was laughing, and he just couldn't wait to get back out there and yell at us. And so that was the second homer of the day. And, I mean, literally, we could have caught it if we had a glove with us. But that guy, that guy's special. Uh, now, now that kind of leads me to my next one. Obviously, like we know the big names that that were down there, the Adleys, you know, UDL, Bauman, some of those other guys. Who was one guy that you that that you guys saw down there being like, whoa, like he wasn't one of the initial. And I get like the, the miners are just full of top prospects, but who was one guy that wasn't one of those big names that you saw? Because I think a lot of fans would say Kyle Stowers. 
you guys may have seen him and been like, we know this guy's a stud. Who was one guy that kind of jumped off the page at, at you guys and, and you were like, whoa, this guy, he's much better than I had thought of or, or that, than I, you know, than I read or whatever I heard about him? Uh, that'd be Joey Ortiz, um, the shortstop. Uh, I think he was from University of New Mexico, maybe, or New Mexico State. I can't remember. Uh, but, dude, that guy's phenomenal. He's a shortstop. Uh, he'd gotten – so. He started out in Aberdeen. I think he got called up. He got called up a day before me or a day after me uh, from Aberdeen. Um, and when he got up to double A, I mean, he was just on a tear, I think, the first couple weeks and then ultimately got hurt. Um, I think – I can't remember what necessarily happened, but, you know, ended up getting hurt, which was unfortunate, and that ended the season. Um, but, I mean, he was just absolutely phenomenal. Uh, that's somebody that we will – 100% having the big leagues with us, um, you know, before his career's over and just phenomenal guy. You know, he was playing, I think, second, short, and third baseman, third base, primarily a shortstop, but that, that guy's phenomenal. He raked at New Mexico State. He, he, I think he hit like 420 or something his last year there. I remember him from college baseball. He raked there. Yeah. So. Yeah. Him and uh, Kyle Bradish went to school there together. But yeah, I mean, that guy, he stands out, man. It's, it's something special. And now, now again, since we're on the buoy topic, um, obviously it was a while ago, but talk about your, I, I think it was the gas can game was, that was your first home start, correct? Yeah. Talk yeah. about that. And, and I guess just what, what the environment was, how you were seeing it from your point of view, obviously it was much different than banks. And I were sitting right that right down there next to the dugout. Um, I mean, we, we thought the crowd was awesome. It was a great game. It was a, it was a nice back and forth game. Talk about that game and, and what, if you'd ever experienced kind of like an environment like that. Yeah, no, that was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, I would say the closest thing that came to that would be high school baseball playoffs. Those that can get a little crazy, but um, yeah, no, for sure. That was a lot of fun. Uh, ultimately I didn't throw the way I wanted to, but, uh, but no, I mean, that was a blast to see all the gas cans and stuff. That was a lot of fun. I, I will say it, the, the the crowd looking up after every pitch and seeing I think it said 103 wasn't it it said a couple times I believe yeah. you, that you hit 103 and I remember we had talked to some of the guys up in the press box and they were like no our gun is is pretty much as accurate as it can get so that that's I think that's really what we took away from it like holy shit this like that's a real 103 you could hear the pop um again they're banging on the gas cans I even remember when you were coming off there, there was a call was it the call at third I think you definitely disagreed with the ump and you kind of looked back and said something, probably good game up or something along those lines. Um, that was, that was bad. He, that, that umpire just didn't see what happened, man. It, <laughs> and like, it's one thing, like you can ask umpires like what they saw or what they have, like whatever. And they'll tell you, well, this dude said that he didn't tag him. He, he said, he said third base. I can't remember who was playing third base. I think it might have been Patrick Dorian. Said he didn't tag him. Well, then he's like, yes, I did, whatever. And then he goes, yeah, well, you tagged him on the butt. And then we were like, well, hold on. You just said you, he didn't tag him. So if you saw that he tagged him, tagged him, whatever, you know you're wrong. And he just wouldn't own up to it. Yeah. And so that was that was something that kind of made me mad. Because it's whatever. You know, umpires are humans, you know, whatever. <laughs> but if you change your story, come on, man. Like, let's go. It seems like he kind it was of interesting to me. Yeah, it was interesting to me seeing, you know, having all the crowd there and all the gas cans. Everyone's there, you know, to see you pitch and see you compete, but we want to see the big numbers on, on the scoreboard there. Um, 
Whereas when you go into these, especially in the minor leagues here, <clears throat> what percentage are you trying to work on specifics in terms of improving maybe your rapport with the catcher or your location or certain pitches versus just straight up trying to compete and get so how much do you try to balance that as you're in, and maybe even the organization as a whole, how, what do they kind of preach when it comes to that kind of thing? Yeah, I'd say our organization is pretty good about that. Uh, letting us know that like results aren't everything. So like, obviously you want to look good on the, on the stat sheet, back of the baseball card, whatever it might be, you know, in which they do a good job of letting us know that results really don't matter because you're in the minor leagues, you're trying to develop your stuff. Nobody cares how many strikeouts or, what your ERA was in double A, you know, it's all about the major leagues. So some guys get caught up in trying to have results and stuff like that. But, you know, the Orioles, it's nice um, because they let us know that we can go out and focus on getting better, um, whether it might be throwing a change up, curveball slider, whatever, in certain counts. Um, you know, it's, I don't know, it, I'd say it's pretty beneficial for us because we can have the confidence to go out and do that and to know that, like, you know, we're not going to be in trouble for giving up a home run on a 0-2 slider or something, you know, a pitch that we're trying to, you know, perfect. Because ultimately it doesn't matter until you get to the big leagues. That's, like, such a breath of fresh air. Because, like, I again, I don't know the philosophy of the, the Orioles pitching coach five years ago, six years ago. It just seems like it's a complete 180 on, like, the stance and everything that, that – that they used to have so again that, i mean that's great to hear and i was gonna say like obviously you didn't start in double a you made your way up there and it i mean combined the season seemed very easy to you nine and one with a two three six era and the 23 starts between high a aberdeen and then um buoy just talk about again starting out the season in aberdeen making your way up to buoy um could you notice a difference right away and especially in this league it seems like the talent in Bowie or the talent in Bowie's league is, is, is not like it's, it's better than some of the talent that you'll see in triple a, you know, the conferences or not conferences, but leagues. Um, just talk about, I guess, you know, your time in Bowie and, and what you thought of the competition and, and just your full takeaway from that. Yeah, no, you know, we played, we played a lot of big names. I know uh, the Erie Seawolves, that's the Detroit Tigers affiliate, the double A affiliate. You know, they had Spencer Torkelson, Riley Green, uh, another guy, I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but another, I think it was the top five or top ten of their prospects. So that team right there, that was one of the tougher teams. Uh, and then, of course, the Yankees, um, Somerset Patriots, I think. Uh, but, you know, there's a lot of guys. Like, I know we faced O'Neill Cruz um, and, you know, just a handful of other guys. Uh, but you know, I mean, it's there's there's a it's a it's a kind of a big jump from high A to double A. I know the strike zone changes a lot. Uh, umpires get a little bit tougher, uh, but in terms of hitters, they don't swing it as much. You know, if you throw balls out of the strike zone, guys in high A will kind of chase. They're still swinging it, whatever. And then in double A, you know, hitters are kind of going up there, knowing knowing what they're wanting to do. Now, is there a timetable? I'm sure, again, you guys probably haven't sat down and talked about this. Is there a timetable or for you to get make it to AAA? Is there like a 10 starts, five starts, or is it like a, hey, we're just going to take it, you know, day by day and, and see where you go? Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's completely like spur of the moment. I know when I had gotten called up from Aberdeen uh, to go to Bowie, we were in Brooklyn, New York, playing the Cyclones at Coney Island. And, uh, 
we had a doubleheader that night. I threw the first game. It was cold, windy, whatever. And then, of course, you know, I didn't, I didn't know I was getting called up or anything, which I had been, had been there for a month. And they told me I was going tomorrow. And I was like, well, you know, of course, when you're on the road with the team, you ride the bus. So you have no means of transportation. Well, I'm from small town, East Texas, you know, born and raised in the country, dirt roads, whatever it might be. You know, they say, hey, you know, you're going to Bowie tomorrow. I'm like, okay, well, that's cool. We got like three more days in Brooklyn. What am I supposed to do? And they said, oh, no, they're going to they're gonna call and they're going to they're gonna rent you a car and you're going to drive back to Aberdeen. And I go, do you know where we're at? We're in Brooklyn, <laughs> New York. I said, you want me to drive out of Brooklyn, New York? And they were like, yeah, I think that's the plan. I said, you got to be freaking kidding me. So the next morning I wake up early and I go, I go get a rental car or whatever. Well, then I just punch it into my maps, whatever. Well, I'm driving. Turn, so I miss an exit, right? And then I'm going over, I think it's the Brooklyn Bridge. I don't know what it was. It, anyway, just taking mm-hmm. me like into the heart of New York City. The heart of Manhattan, know, lower side. Yeah. So, so the next thing I know, <laughs> I look up and I, and I see the McDonald's golden arches, but it's written in Chinese. And so I guess I was in Chinatown. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, dear God, this is not good. So then I ended up wasting another 45 minutes or an hour just trying to get back on the interstate. And that was, man, that's an experience I'll never forget. But they made me drive out of Brooklyn, New York to get back to Bowie or Aberdeen to go to Bowie. So that was that was something pretty crazy that was actually I just got stuck in, in Manhattan myself like three weeks ago, and there's literally no worse place to take a wrong turn than probably the Brooklyn into Manhattan. There's just nothing well, that compares. Well, like, I don't know, like where I'm from, like, you know, I mean, it's not like that outside of Baltimore too. Huge exit signs let you know where you're going, you know, a nice, big, comfortable um, shoulder to get off on, whatever. Well, no, I mean, it's just like some little bitty, like, I don't know, it ain't even anything. To, to turn and it's just like one little sign and it's just a mess but no that was that was an experience and a half for me what were you driving i don't know it was like some little car that i could just barely fit in i mean it was literally like a go-kart you stuffed in a prius like yeah like my knees were at my chest and and the guy that rented me the car was like hey man this is all we got he was like you're a big guy i said yeah he was like good luck <laughs> <laughs> well what was your go-to what was your go-to road trip snack mm, i don't know i'd probably say i've gotten on to like pork skins lately uh sunflower mm-hmm. seeds are always always good and then of course okay. beef jerky there we go. Beef jerky. Yeah. We go. Last time we talked to you, it looked like you were you were doing the interview from a truck. What are you What are you driving around these days? Yeah. So I drove. I bought when I first got drafted. I bought an F two fifty. I did that because you know I like to hunt mm-hmm. a lot. And then I had the bright idea of living out of a, a fifth wheel during the minor league season and stuff. So <laughs> I had to buy a truck big enough to pull that. And the good thing about that is, is you know, you go up whatever you have to move guys are staying in hotels or leasing apartments well apartment lease is six to 12 months whatever i mean it's really not that good for a baseball player so if i have to move i can hook up to that sucker and go <laughs> there's no question wow. that. all righty um so you you had some tweets about the orioles new co-hitting coach who i think he's 14 years old i think it said ryan fuller um I mean, it was a glowing review. You said he just he makes just as much of an impact 
on pitchers as he does his position players. Kind of go into that a little more and, and tell us like what you, what you really meant by that and what he's taught, not only you, but I guess some of the other pitchers on the staff. Yeah. So I'm not going to name any names, but when I was first drafted and you know, the old regime, everything, the hitting coaches weren't necessarily the guys to hang around if you're a pitcher. Now they, we were, I was in a dugout in, in Delmarva uh, in 2019 and the hitting coach that was there, like I said, well, it wasn't the hitting coach there. It was, it was a hitting whatever, but I mean, he, he got into the pitchers one time for something some other guy was doing. I don't know. So the hitting guys weren't, if you're a pitcher, you weren't, they weren't anything to hang out with and you didn't really like them. But now what's different than the guys we got now, especially Fuller. So like, they're just great people. When I'm, when I'm in the dugout watching the game, you can ask, you can ask pitchers about pitching, right? You can't really ask the hitters about what's going on because they're focused on the game, doing whatever, you know, they're locked in. Well, then of course, Fuller's locked in on the hitters too. But while we're pitching, the hitting coach doesn't have anything to do. Just like when we're hitting, the pitching coach really doesn't have anything to do. So Fuller, I don't like, I would, I would be able to stand next to him or hang out with him, whatever, when we're pitching, and I would get to ask him questions about what he sees from guys' swings, what hitters are looking for, what they're trying to do, basically understanding how a hitter's thinking in more in depth than what a pitching coach could tell you or another pitcher or whatever. I mean, literally getting it from the hitting guy saying, this guy, he, he would be able to look at a hitter and go, you see this guy here, and he would explain to me his swing path or what he was doing. He says he can literally not hit a high fastball from what he's doing. He's like, watch this. And it would happen, pitch would get called, whatever, the guy can't hit it. But he was able to see swings and know their weakness since he's the hitting coach or he, you know, is the swing analyzer or whatever. But him teaching me how to do that, I think, is just phenomenal. And, you know, like I said, it was – you know, he really helped me out a lot last year, uh, just kind of giving me, you know, like an insight to hitting for for a pitcher, I guess, and how to attack him. I mean, that, that sounds, again, like night and day from just a couple years ago, which is, I mean, all Orioles fans should – like that, that probably makes you guys feel awesome too. Like, oh, man, like this is a full – everyone is, is buying in. Everyone is like really, really into, again, what they're, what they're building. So, I mean, that's – Again, that's that that's awesome to hear from a from a fan point of view. And again, I'm sure it makes you guys in the dugout feel comfortable and just just very I don't know, pumped up, I guess, for, for oh, yeah, how no, everyone is is going. Yeah, about. no, that's that's huge. You know, when I was first drafted, it's completely different now. It was you know, everybody that, that was a part of that really isn't here anymore. But it used to just kind of be like, you know, hitters, y'all go hit in the cages infielders if y'all want ground balls outfielders pop pause whatever and then they would look at the pitchers and go pitchers kick rocks go stand in the corner and it was like okay whatever but but now man it's it's completely different interesting i like that I does like that make that. you like bought in on all sides of the game where you feel like you have more ownership over everything going on as opposed to just the things you control because baseball is such a weird sport like so much of it is individual um in what you guys are trying to do but it sounds like there's a little bit of collective ownership over everything going on in the, in a squad, which is a tough to do in that kind of sport. Oh yeah. No, I mean, a hundred percent. Like, you know, I know sometimes like 
hitters will have hitters meetings, whatever. And sometimes they'll get pitchers to sit on or sit in those meetings. So the hitters or whoever can ask pitchers questions. And so, I mean, little things like that, you know, is pretty big. Now, now do you have any, again, this may be a little early. Are there any goals that you're working on for, for 2022 is obviously everyone's goal is the big leagues. Is that a, is that one of your goals for 2022 to, I want to throw, I need to throw a pitch in Camden yards this year. Absolutely. That's, you know, that's been the goal ever since I was a little kid. Uh, but you know, this year is probably my best opportunity. You know, I finally feel like it's in reach. Um, you know, how soon that happens, it's ultimately not up to me. Uh, you know, if it, if it was up to me, I'd be there tomorrow. But, you know, it's it's not my decision. Uh, it's the organization's. So I just have to put myself in the best position, you know, for that to happen. Uh, Grayson, will you be um, at opening night at the Top Golf in Baltimore? Will you, will, will you guys need to open, you guys need to open up the thing. This, these videos are ridiculous. Yeah. I, you know, Adley's great and all, of course he can hit a baseball, but in terms of a golf ball, you know, I mean, I think, I think I have him and then DL coming out of left field or whatever, posting whatever kind of video he posted that was bad quality, you know, (laughs) uh, just not even, I wasted my time watching that video, but, uh, you know, it's whatever. <laughs> I, I guess you guys actually get out on the course at all together. Oh yeah. Yeah. We've gone, uh, you know, we've gone a good bit. Um, yeah, actually Adley's pretty good. Adley's good at putting DL can't hit a fair way to save his life. Um, <laughs> but, and then I'm kind of in, I'm kind of in between, you know, I'm going to shoot like a 90. So I'm, you know, my there ball's bouncing down the, my ball's bouncing down the cart path and it's taking me three putts to get it in. So it ain't it's nothing pretty 98 bad yeah i, I think i'd take a 90 easy um i think they, I, they just need a promotion at this the opening of this top i'm just giving top golf free marketing first night yeah, just we, so you can hit it the farthest we talked about it like we there needs to be some event there and i also grayson if you don't if you don't know that top golf in baltimore they're putting one right behind the casino in raven stadium i'm sure you saw it when you were when you were here the construction that thing has been rumored to be coming to baltimore for what 10 years it's been like something like that. Yeah. Oh, they're gonna we're gonna get a top golf. So now that it's like actually it is going up very fast. There's too. a shovel in the dirt. People are very, very excited. So yeah, like it, there's gonna there's gonna be watch party. We're gonna do a whole bunch of stuff there. Um, yeah, I think before we went to the Jimmy's tailgate, we had walked and eaten at some like I don't know, breakfast place, something, I don't know, but we walked by the top golf or the site where it's being built. Yeah, it's right by where that tailgate is. Um I get you, you weren't going to get out of here without an Adley question. Um, you, you had the opportunity to play with him a bunch. Um, was there any, again, did anything surprise you when you were playing with him other than how weak is the webbing in his glove was when you, when you popped that? Yeah, no, I mean, that, that glove story is pretty funny, but you know, I think I was glad to finally be playing with him and knowing that I wasn't going to have to face him like I did in, in 2020. Um, I think, I've Adley's hit, I think literally, I think it's three or four home runs off of me. Um, I can't get him out. Finally, I broke his bat the last time I, the last time I faced him. So that's something I've kind of, you know, held to him, but no, I mean the glove thing that was, I remember throwing obviously the fastball, but I remember throwing a pitch and it was outside, but it was a strike. It was, I mean, it was on the corner, corner in, whatever. Well, like, Obviously, he's really smooth hands, can frame the pitch, whatever. 
Well, he goes to like bring it back in to make it look like even more of a strike. Well, he, you know, rips down on it, tries to come in. Well, then the ball, I saw the ball kick off, you know, obviously kind of bounce to the left. Well, I'm like, Adley, dang, you dummy. Like, what are you doing? I was like, that's already a strike. Well, then he like stands up and he like starts looking at his glove. And I was like, what is he doing? And then he like held it and he just kind of looked at me and I was like, oh, holy crap, the glove's broken. And, uh, <laughs> I don't know. And and the umpire called it a ball, which that's I was upset about. But you know, he ended up running in uh to get a glove and I think it was our other catcher's glove he came back out with and they were calling down to the bullpen trying to go run and run and get him another glove and they didn't know what they were talking about. They I mean they didn't understand that I guess the glove was broken. So somebody ended up running down the to the locker room to grab him his other mitt. I mean the video is great because like you said, like it plays out just like you said where you can see him kind of like look down and he like flips it over it's like what is what is going on um you can you can kick it farther than you can hit a golf ball farther you've already said that can you kick it farther i know you posted the 40 yarder today left foot very impressive with the little it's tailing back he has the 63 yarder i think from high school um again it, did he has he reached out to you being like 40 is that it like is there any no any more juice left it so he's he's scared probably yeah he's probably scared i see i haven't talked to him yet today i've talked to dl already but dl was trying to give me a hard time about it and then to figure out that he can't even get it off the ground that all he's doing <laughs> is kicking squib kicks but no i mean i you know i really hadn't really tried to kick a football uh you know today we were we go to this indoor football facility a long toss or whatever and uh we had a football and i was like oh whatever i'll start kicking so started 15 20 yards whatever and i'm like okay this isn't bad and then so i i was able to get a little bit of air under it now that one might have got blocked at the line of scrimmage but i mean i don't think that one was getting up out of there but but no i'm gonna i'm gonna keep at it wait so you just started practicing kicking field goals like the day you took that video yeah, that was yeah. It was this morning. It was this how, morning. So how can we not find any good college kickers? But then, but then you go out there and you're just like, again, you're just that freak of an athlete where you can like, oh, I'm going to try and kick a 40 yard field goal today and boot it. Through. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, I've obviously <laughs> kind of like kicked footballs around before when I was younger, but I hadn't really, you know, ever messed with it. But you know, I think it'd be a lot different with 11 other dudes trying to block it, you know, back at you. So. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's still pretty tough. No, that, that makes <laughs> sense. Um, I, I got one last one. I think Banks is going to end on, on another one in a minute. Did you find the Derrick Henry picture that you and I were talking about yet? No. So I had to, I got a new phone. I got a new phone and I can't find it. I think it, it's on Google photos or something. Oh, somewhere. I'm all right. I'm doing a deep but, tonight then. Yeah. So I'll have to find it. I'll, I'll get on there, but no, I mean, I used to get, when I was committed to Texas A&M, we got, I would get field passes for any game that I wanted to. And I'd get to bring my buddies down there, whatever we get to hang out for the game and then at kickoff. And uh, yeah, I remember we were standing by the Alabama tunnel and Derrick Henry walked out and it was just like, holy crap, man. That, that dude, I'll never forget that. Cause Nick Saban was all of that, all bit of five feet, seven inches. Okay. Little <laughs> bitty. Like, I mean, he was, his head's coming up to the lineman's belly buttons, but. Derrick Henry walked out and it was like, holy crap, who was that dude? And then he ran for like 250 yards or something crazy that day. I think it, they beat the ever living heck out of AM, but it was fun to watch. Oh, I'm sure it was a great game. Uh, big game Sunday, um, rivalry game, Raven Steelers. 
throw out the record books, no love loss, all that bullshit, you know. Um, give me a score prediction and one spicy prediction for uh, what's going to happen on, on Sunday. You know, I was I was glad to see Big Ben, you know, get his farewell ending, whatever, Ugh. in Pittsburgh. You know, that's that's fine, whatever. I was glad to see that happen. You know, it ended in tears, whatnot. It's going to end in tears again. Um, <laughs> those, those are going to be a lot worse. Um, I think he threw the ball like what forty six times and had one hundred forty something yards. One hundred twenty three. <laughs> I think. I think if I threw the ball at least three times, I'd have at least 170 yards. <laughs> and I don't understand. If you've been playing football for 18 years, how in the world can you throw the ball 46 times and only have 140-something yards? That does not make sense. And, you know, the Ravens – Chuck Clark was the man last Sunday, okay? <laughs> Stafford, Stafford was magnetic to Chuck Clark. So, if the secondary can do it, then – you know, I think we got a chance because, I mean, we just got to stop the run. Najee Harris is, you know, electric. So, if we can get him, I know they're not going to beat us passing the ball. You got you got a score prediction? I don't know. I mean, you know, I thought that the Rams game, I thought that was going to be pretty high scoring. Obviously, it was like, what was the score? 20... 2019? Yeah, yep. it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't much. So, you know, honestly – I like predicting in the 30s, but that never that never happens. So I'm going to go like 21, 28 maybe. We win. We always have to win. You can't ever lose. So There you go. Correct. He gets it. 28-21 Ravens is the Grayson Rodriguez prediction. Grayson, thanks so much for coming on with us, man. Appreciate you taking a lot of your time here and can't wait to see you back on the mound. Yeah, not a problem. It was a lot of fun. Thank you all for having me. Back to you in the studio. Back on the Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy Seafood. Thanks to our guy, Grayson Rodriguez, for coming on the show. Um, We could talk to him forever about a variety of different topics. Getting shots in at Big Ben at the end of the episode. Tremendous stuff. Really. really Yeah, like like you said at the beginning of the show, like he's really embraced the Baltimore sports thing and and – that's that could be such a calculated move for so many people, but you can see how genuine and authentic he is about it. He's really into it. He's just a big sports guy. He's a guy's guy. Um, so it, it's it's great to have him here in Baltimore. I'm excited to have him around for a long time. Yeah, I mean, after the interview was done, the first thing he did was pull out his Justin Tucker signed Ravens helmet that was sitting right behind him. Like and like like we said, like it it all seems very it's genuine. Like because again, he's in Texas. So he has to search these games out and he's watch, he's tweeting, he's live tweeting these games pretty much. Like he was as pumped as anyone during the Chuck Clark interception last week. Like he's not, yeah. it's not like he's just following on Twitter. It's not like he's like just getting an update or not like you could tell it's not like a PR generated, like, hey, the Ravens are playing the Rams, tweet something out. Like, yay, go, go team, let's win this. It's like he's in, he's as invested as a lot of people. So I, yeah, again, I, I think it's all genuine. Um, I think he's going to be great. Like you were saying, Taylor, I think he's going to be great for the area. And like the fan bases, I think are really, really going to love him, whether it's the Ravens fan base or the, you know, I think he's going to be the Orioles fan base is going to love him too. I mean, he's, he's a quote machine. The story about him driving through, you know, Chinatown in New York city was, was great. Like, I think he's, he's not going to hold back on stuff like that. So I, I, I love the interview. I think I, I, I can't wait to have him back on, you know, a couple more times and hopefully, I mean, 
if we could do some stuff with him at a, at a top golf or, you know, something like that, I think would be really cool. He, um, he, we had him on earlier in the year, or I guess last year now, um, right before his first start in Bowie, as you guys, we, we kind of discussed during the interview. Um, and it felt like he was kind of just getting his legs under him as like a guy that is now going to be a little bit of a public figure, at least in this city. Um, as those guys become, as they, you know, they become major league players and he's a top prospect. So that's accelerated a little bit. And in this, and in that he was not that he wasn't very good. He was great, but he's now, I think becoming a little more comfortable in that skin. I think he's going to be, as you said, I think the media around here and fans are going to love him because I think he's going to be a great quote, but also be a guy that's a really good representative of the organization. Like he's not going to say anything bad but he's going to be interesting. He's just an interesting guy, which I think is like amazing. every fifth day is going to be an event when this guy gets up there. And which is really to, cool, which is yeah. really cool. And, and we really haven't had that. And I hope that that's where he gets as early as this year. He was, you we literally have never had that in my lifetime. Never. Yeah, you t- <laughs> we talked about it. Thanks. Right after saying how perfectly constructed his answer was to the, are you going to appear in the majors this year? And he was like, <laughs> Well, I'd want to be there right now, but it's the organization's decision. Absolutely perfect PR talking. He's, he's practiced that one on the mirror. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it. You know, you hope that him and these other guys come up, and it's an event on a few days, like you had with those sort of those maybe those young Mets rotations. You know, eight years back, where's Harvey and Degrom and Syndergaard and all these guys? That's sort of what the best case scenario would be, obviously. And he's going to be at the top of the list. And uh, fun guy to talk to. It's it's. These Orioles, young Orioles guys all seem like interesting characters and it's going to be fun to have them around. So appreciate Grayson jumping on with us. Uh, Guys, we had our first big snow here in Baltimore this week. Um, Mini snow, big snow, medium snow, medium, medium for this. It hasn't snowed a lot in the last 18 months. So this felt like a lot of snow. Really? Like I, I bought this house four and a half years ago in Federal Hill, and I have hardly had any snow to deal with whatsoever. Yeah. I think like we I, just had some mild winters. I think I read that this snow was the, it was the most snow we've gotten since like 2016, which seems yeah, to like. That's exactly right. Again, and yeah, like we, I know right. we got, we got a right around seven inches here in, in my neighborhood in Glen Burnie. So I know like BWI got six and a half, and like some place in the city didn't, you know, got four or something like that. But it, I mean, yeah, it's, a decent amount of snow. They canceled school for two days. Say that. One of my favorite things about like the snow coverage when you're growing up, eh, I guess currently, is that, like the places they would pick to like show how much snow had accumulated throughout the state. I always loved the BWI was one. It's like let's see how much mm-hmm. snow there is at the airport. <laughs> it's like, like BWI, <laughs> Easton, Maryland. Yeah, it's like, like, I, mean, it's always I, guess, like I guess it matters because you know flights and cancellations and things like that but it's just like all right let's go around the state what's it looking like a bwi it's like okay well um, I w- and i will say because my house is so close literally the runway is probably five miles from my house like we see it when when the wind is going a direction the planes are flying directly over my house so like when pl- when flights get canceled at bwi i can tell where i'm like there is not shit going on right now like yesterday it was like middle of the day there were so many planes getting out because I'm guessing those were all the, the canceled ones that they were just sending out. So yeah. and whether people love BWI, I mean, they, they got all the cameras and, and, and instruments and measure, you know, they're measuring they everything. So it makes they sense. Do. BWI, by the way, I don't know what the general consensus is about 
the air. We've never really had an airport discussion on this show. Not that we should or have, but I'm, BWI, I'm, is a, <laughs> BWI is a good airport. I it's just, a very I'm, solid airport. It's I'm just going to throw best, it out there. It's, it's pretty, if you're flying out of the Southwest terminal, you're, you're not you seeing as someone that's been in a fair amount of airports now over the past five years, since I've traveled a lot, um, especially like frequenting the Midwest airports, like Detroit and, and Chicago, like you got a lot of options in there of like food and the baggage situation is slow at BWI. That I think is the biggest knock at least among the people I travel with. Yeah. There could be but, a, another bar or two or like a, a big one. That's really yeah, like a, yep. Yeah, I, yeah. I love going to a city and going to uh, insert local sports team here bar. Yes, like the yes. Atlanta Atlanta Hawks bar, and yeah, that's just like <laughs> down there. And <laughs> I don't know why, but if I see one of those, like I gotta go for it. Yeah, I, I think yeah, BWI. I think it's a very solid home airport. Like having it as your home airport, I think is a big, like, like I see. The it's people not who, like, super catered for the tourists. Like it's like yeah. you know what's gonna be there. Maybe it's Maybe just because it's so easy for me to get to from Fed Hill. It's just so That's also easy. huge. So unbelievably like if you Uber, you can be there and or whatever and be in it like be from if you if you don't check baggage, I'm telling the story horribly, and you get an Uber quickly, like you can be gate to my house and fed in like 15 minutes. If you if you park in the like daily garage the big spenders garage which i sometimes mm. frequent mm. um you can you can just like walk like if i'm walking right to my car and like i carry on i'm like at home like if i land and i'm at the gate at 12 30 i'm at home by like 150 or 12 50 it's crazy 12 30 yeah yeah it's crazy so good that, for me that was airport talk that was airport talk uh but we're about to do snow day talk because we just had <laughs> snow days um you you obviously have a child RDT, so snow day was in full effect for you. Um, snow day activities is the draft, and it's as always presented by the fine people at Fed Thrill, making the best sunglasses in Baltimore. You can use the promo code Exit Fifty Two to get twenty percent off. It's tremendous. It's and it's about to, it's about we're about to roll right into spring here, guys. I know it's January, but we just had a baseball we just had a baseball player on, and that's starting to get to that season again. It's it's crazy. It'll be here before you know it. Also, opening day, not insane to start thinking about. I'm just throwing it out there as the football season comes to a close. Some of the snow off the the sun or uh, some of the sun off the Mm, snow. Yep. You need sunglasses. It's awful. Yeah. You get some of that glaze on your windshield too where the sun hits it and it's just brutal. I mean, sunglasses, not promising they're going to help you too much there, but like still, it's they're good to have when if you got like a hole in the ice. Mm-hmm. you're trying to like maybe get out of the neighborhood where you've got a hole in the windshield where you've kind of defrosted it and you're kind of trying to just get yeah. out and you're just waiting for the, the car to do up. the rest of the windshield yeah easy to sure. yeah the light Correct. the rest yeah done that just yep. did it did it this morning just flying off my car <laughs> i have the first pick banks you have the second pick rdt you have the third pick Starting five draft presented by Fed Thrill, Snow Day Activities. Guys, I don't have a clear 1-1 here. I think there are multiple things that can get taken 1-1. I've been going really back and forth on two. And they catered to my elementary and middle school self, one of them, 
mostly elementary school. And one of them caters to my high school self. And I'm just trying to decide which one I like doing more. And because it's unique to the snow and because my house in, in sort of Towson, just outside of Baltimore, Baltimore County, as some would say, had a hill. I'm taking sledding. I'm taking sledding. And that is my elementary school pick. We had a hill in the backyard before the Smythes took the hill away and put in a pool, which was tremendous. But for a time, it was all hill. And it was a good hill. It was a damn good hill. And man, did me and my brothers just roll down that hill on a variety of different types of sleds. We even at one point had to like stick your feet in snowboards, which is very fun. And my hill, this is going to be great radio, like went straight down, then had a flat part, then went down again. Awesome. It was sick. And we would fly down that thing. Sledding is awesome. It's really something you can only do as a kid. And it was awesome to have enough snow to do it. And then once it got iced, oh, baby. Once that thing was iced over, it's an absolute racetrack. So I'm taking sledding. Yeah, I was really hoping that you would leave that for me. I, I thought you might go another direction, but you did not. Um, yeah, we had similar hill near my house where it was, you know, the walking paths that go out in the woods and everything. And the, those would glaze over very quickly and pretty steep decline there. Uh, we got we got going pretty good. Build a ramp. Got to build a ramp. Got to yeah. get some air. Yep. So uh, it's a great pick. It's a phenomenal pick. I think it's a 1-1. I just don't don't know why I thought you wouldn't take it. Yeah. I had another thing in my head. We'll see if it comes back around to me. You're up. This is the problem with, with me going boardless here. I decided to go boardless, not prepare for this draft whatsoever. <laughs> so I kind of just dead set myself that I was going to get sledding it too. So I'm in a tough spot suddenly. Um, I'm going to take – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take – Gosh, this is so like related specifically to childhood, but after you're on the snow for a while coming in and playing, I'm just going to say Mario Party. I'm just going to name Mario Party as the option. You come in after a long session of being outside for like three, four hours. You got to warm up for a little bit. You're going to go back out there, but you're going to do some things that are maybe some other options here in this draft. So I won't go there, but um, sometimes you just need to do a quick 20 turn. Quick 20 turner. Talk about something we're still doing as adults. Yeah. So Mario this is video games is really the generic pick, but I like. Are you taking video like, games? Or are you taking Mario Party? I'm taking video games, oh, but man. Mario Party is like what I have. I'm gonna in put mind video I'm game, about it. I'm gonna put video games Mario Party, and if someone wants to argue another video games pick, we'll have that discussion as a group. So we might as well have it now because my pick was literally I wrote down video games with the boys. I'm talking like the online. Call of Duty, sitting down for hours. You're all at different houses. Okay, that's different. So I, I was gonna. Different. So I would have taken that and argued the same thing that like online video games and playing for like seven it's hours. It's a completely yes. different vibe. Lobby mm-hmm. is a totally different vibe than like getting the boys over or the boys or girls getting them over and playing like Mario Party on a four for uh, yeah for control. Yeah, I'm talking like a Call of Duty setup where you're like. I've got snacks. I've got drinks. I've got, I've got like the, the, what are they called? The husband pillows or whatever, like with the big back and the arms that stick out. The you know husband what I'm pillows. About. I, I think know what they're called. I think they're is called it? husband pillows. I think, I so. think they are. Yeah. I think they I are. know. I know what pillows he's talking about. Yeah. Um, so like 
you put that against your table and you're lying on the ground and you're like, I'm not going to get up for another five hours. Five hours. Yeah. And like, again, Call of Duty, Madden, NBA, FIFA, whatever you want to play online. Like we're going to run it. We're going to call each other names. We'll, we'll, we'll call mine video game break and yours video game marathon. Okay. Uh, I, I like that. The, the snowmageddon, the first one, which I, I don't, oh you, guys might have been, you guys might have been in college and I was a senior in high school. That might have been the breakdown it's here. A freshman. <laughs> I play, we played Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 for a week straight constantly. Like, I don't mm-hmm. even know if there was sleeping going on. And me and my friends, this is a just a legendary story. We went on like an 110 game win streak in like a combination of demolition and, and domination. And it was epic. Like just some epic finishes where we're close to losing. Sometimes where we let the other team win. Um, I had multiple friends that were very good at getting nukes and we would let the other team win. And then in the time between them def- planting the bomb and it exploding and the game ending, they would set the, the nuke. Off. Just an epic way to troll somebody. God, life was so simple back in the day. Um, yeah, and you just didn't know what time of day it was. It was like, oh, I guess it's 3 a.m. I guess, like, we'll go to sleep and, like, wake up and do this again at 10 in the morning and just and, play the and, entire night. And the best is, like, again, like, when you're – say you're in college and you're playing Call of Duty and, like, you're going to get mixed in those lobbies with, like, the, the middle school kids who are home too. So you're like, all right, I'm going to absolutely dominate these kids. And, and like their death comms are going to be awful because they're just getting their shit rocked and they're going to be crying to their parents. Um, yeah. But like exactly what you mentioned, the, like you look up and you're like, it's four 30 in the morning. I know I don't have school tomorrow and I'm still playing team deathmatch. Like this is, there's nothing better. I, I don't want to, I just hope all of the recordings are destroyed of all of the trash talk that went on <laughs> called to be lobby. To say nobody could hold a public like political. Uh, oh my god! Not anybody in the last twenty. Anybody since like the Halo Two online days, you just could not hold public office. Well, have you heard? I mean, this is a pretty recent thing. Xbox and PlayStation, I think, started telling people like people are going to start having access to like Xbox parties and like now or like PlayStation Live parties. So like when you go to play PlayStation, it's like. Just a heads up, anything like you say can like be brought up later. And that's especially with the like, amount of people streaming and recording lobbies and recording. Oh my god. I mean you just don't know who's streaming, so you have no, no idea. Like when we like back in the like, you know, the 2008, 2009, like no one was really streaming online, so you didn't have like the Twitch era of everyone, you know. Now like my brothers are like sitting on and, and streaming, you know, Fortnite on their computers oh, yeah. and it's like, Ab- whatever. Absolutely. Yeah. Like you know, I mean that's countless people get in trouble like that every single day for doing yeah, yeah. including okay. professional athletes yeah right uh, rdt got another i am gonna go um this one kind of falls into the like when you're again in college a little bit older living in the city something like that getting out and walking to the bars like the initial snow snow is calm. It's the morning. It's maybe like noon, one o'clock. And you're like, all right, snowed in. I don't want to eat my house. Let's go to the bar. And like, let's just like, it's, and it's always like the walk is like, probably is like one of the best parts being like, we're going to trek to the bar. We're going to pick up people on the way. And then we're going to, and then we're going to hit the bar. And then again, you stay there until God knows how long. And like, if it's still snowing out, that makes it even better. The walk in the snow is always so much better as it's snowing. Um, 
you know, yeah. we, we used to do it at Towson. We'd make the trip, the trek down, down York road and go to like green turtle or whatever, you know, the Dickie, trek down York road. Dickie, maybe sometimes you'd hope B lounge was open. You never know. Um, hit the crease for ladies night, you know, have some fun with it. But yeah, I, I was always go walk into the bars, um, bars, restaurants, whatever. Like I had friends who got in their brother's pickup truck on Monday and just drove to Applebee's and got shit house. Awesome. Like, Nothing better. You drink a, you're drinking a drink with a gummy worm in it while it's seven inches of snow out on the ground. We've all done it. Thanks. You just you just like returned the favor to me where I was like gonna take a take a certain thing and you took like kind of it, but not it, it, sort of, but mostly it. I was just gonna say drinking. Sure. I had drinking on my list too, but I kind of you had like going out kind of. So I, when I was thinking drinking, I'm thinking sitting down playing video games with a six pack or like with a bunch of beers or like doing the old fashioned, like sticking them in the snow and shoveling and right. drinking the beers like that. Or again, like making or even like building like a little, a little chair in the snow mm-hmm. for you to sit in with your beers next to you or something. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, I, I'd argue they're different things. Same end game, but. I'm trying to specify more like just snowmageddon happened towards the end of my first semester at Maryland freshman year. And I mean, there are so many activities I can think of that we just did in that given week and a half and it canceled some finals finals got canceled. Um, so like, I'm just thinking about just drinking games. We played during that we played the shit out of FIFA and we did some other things that I might take later in this draft. Um, yeah, I'm just going to take drinking. I'm just like, just post up on the couch with whatever your drink of choice is. Some, maybe some whiskey, maybe some, some vino even. Like, I don't know. Just whatever you want. Just but just doing a whole lot of nothing and just boozing. Nothing is off limits. It could be, it could be 10 a.m. and you could be drinking yeah. vodka. And it's like, yeah, it's not a you guys are doing a lot of like uh, adult stuff. I'm going back to the kid ring here for my next two picks. Uh, I thought this was sort of in your vein of things you do. You know, you're, you've been out for a while in the snow, you know, playing with your friends. You come back in. It's time to build a fort. Just a little fort building going on during snow days. Did a lot in of that with house? my brothers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, in, okay. inside or outside the house. I wasn't much of an igloo guy. I, I, yeah, I, the, idea, the idea that, is better than the product than the product and that and like being under a lot of snow is a little bit stressful. Like <laughs> the possibility that the snow is just going to all fall on you. Like we used to have these big trees in my neighborhood where when the snow was on top of it, you could like go under and you were essentially like covered by all the snow, but then you're sitting under there and you're thinking, well, if all the snow somehow falls, we're I'm dead. trapped. <laughs> so this is like not very fun. I was a more like you've been out all day and you're like, it's time to be warm and you just like build a nice fort. That was always a nice little, and then most of the time we then like bring a TV over and start like playing video games mm-hmm. in the fort. That was kind of like, that was kind of the jam there, but you guys already took the video game stuff. So I'm taking building a fort. Um, another thing that you really only, at least in my house, we had fantastic staircases and this was something you could do when it was snowy outside that you came back in riding cushions down the stairs, riding cushions down the stairs. We had giant cushions on like uh, window seats and we would just get these babies and just freaking fly down the stairs after sledding because you couldn't sled anymore because it was dark. 
So we just continued to sled just inside. So. In the dark, pussy. No, I mean, we did, but like, you know, it got too late. Sometimes it got too late. So it's like, oh, what are we not going to school tomorrow? Like, what, what can we continue to do? So going down the stairs. I didn't expect something you could do year round to be taken in the snow day draft. I, you, know, can play, I, you, can, you can drink, <laughs> walk to bars, play video games all year round too. So. I, I know what you're saying about the cushion thing. It's like it, – your house on a snow day is the wild, wild west. And like, that's I what mean, I'm saying. Like no like, rules. The rules are gone at this point. Like you're whatever. not doing this on like a normal Friday. Like <laughs> your days were regimented, but when you're like up at 11 AM and you're still at home and like, Oh, like what should we do? Your mind starts to fire with some different activities that I don't think normally come up. That I, is, I, that I, is, I know what you're saying. Fair enough. I've, I've ridden many a couch cushion down a stairs. The only time I don't know if you know RDT, the only time Banks ever drinks is during a snow day. So we have to keep that in mind. My parents always had like big cabinets or things at the bottom of the stairs where it was just not possible to do that. So oh, I had, we had uh, a wall very cushion close. riding just, envy. Like mm. glass furniture at the bottom of the stairs. Jimbo knew what he was doing. That's not his first rodeo. Let me tell you yeah. what, Jimbo just continues to get slandered on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> You think Jimbo had anything to do with furniture placement in my house? No, I don't. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Did yeah. Jimbo have any comment, by the way, on a, on a few weeks ago? We never touched on that again. Does, did he listen? He said uh, – he, he sent us the Conor McGregor quote. He apologizes. Oh, yeah, that's, right, that's right. That's right. That's <laughs> right. So he did have a comment. That's right. He did have a comment. That's right. That's right. We just didn't address it on the show. We just didn't address it on no. the show. Um, thanks. I'm sprinting the podium and taking snow football. Snow football – should should not have lasted this long. I regret actually not taking it last round, but it still got to me. Um, it's so fun to watch on TV and still like football, is something that we did in the neighborhood all the time, tackle football and um, getting the snow involved, just like just changes the game completely in all the right ways. It's just, you get as physical as you want and you just, you know, it's snow football. I mean, do I have to really explain that much? Now, now you're talking like the full football games because we used to, we used to build like get this big snow piles, make this snow pile maybe like two or three feet high, and then we would almost do like Oklahoma drills where like you had a running back and you had a linebacker and you acted like the the snow mound was like the offensive and defensive line and you just jump over it. So we're literally just like collisions in the air. We- I never yeah, had there's a kids sh- in my neighborhood to play like a full football game. So a lot of that stuff was just like modified versions mm-hmm. of like you're just playing of football activities, like where you're just like making diving catches into snow just for fun, which is fun. That's all part of it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we had a, uh, the, my backyard had a fence. One of the yards next to it had a fence that was not a very high fence. And so we would do basically what you're describing is since you had, the ground wasn't hard on the other side of it. We would, you know, do the kind of like the front flip over the line of which the line being the fence into the snow on the other side of the fence. So there's that. Um, yeah. And then just, even if it wasn't a full football game um, is, is I saw somebody make the Twitter post this past week of um, a video. And the question was, what did y'all call this game growing up? Is, is the term – it's got to be. The term smear the queer, that's canceled, right? That's big time canceled. Got to be. It has to be. Yeah. has to be. Big cancel. I, I would think so. But is that and what you guys to be. It kind of deserves to be. What a stupid – I'm not saying it shouldn't be canceled either, yeah. but – Yeah, I mean, is it, that, no, what, exactly. Is that the general no, exactly. Is that the general – Yeah. 
Is yeah. that was I that mean, the that... general consensus of the name back in the day? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think so. I'm taking We're... football. I'm not taking Smithfield. <laughs> no, that what do they what do they call that name? We me and my friends had a different name for that, and I'm trying to remember what it is, and I can't remember it. Yeah, what did they call it at the hall? I know, like in middle school, that's what we called it. Our teachers did not like it, but we called it that. I don't remember. I, it wasn't even at Calvert Hall. It was it was it was among us dyslexics um, at Odyssey. Um, can't remember. I can't remember. Can't remember. Guy will bring up dyslexia every chance he gets. I love talking about it. I love talking about it. <laughs> Not enough people know about the, you know, the trials and tribulations of dyslexia. Should we have a separate podcast on that? Starting five of favorite things about dyslexia. Can't relate. So. Oh, I'll draft on myself. <laughs> um, RDT, you have two picks. Uh, I'm going to go sleeping in. Again, this is more of like a high school, middle school, college too. Um, not, I mean, it doesn't really, <laughs> doesn't really. That's right now. Um, you know, like it, very rarely did you have the like schools canceled tomorrow at like eight o'clock at night, but like going to bed and being like, I don't have, I, don't, I just don't have to wake up tomorrow. There was nothing like it. Like it was an all time. It, it doesn't quite beat the rush of like waking up in the morning, seeing that you're closed and then going back to sleep. But this one is just like, uh, I have unlimited slumber. Did I snag that from you? It was, it was on my, Okay, well, we'll board edit that. Board that I was developmental board that I got. Well, here. it's still on there. You can feel free to take it. Um, but yeah, just sleeping in in general, and then again waking up and like looking over, and you're like, eleven thirty, video games. Let's do it. I need this. I've already missed five games of Team Deathmatch. Um, and then my next one is going to be the the endless cycle of watching TV and or movies, Sports Center, Shawshank. Um, Happy Gilmore, anything like that that's on TNT, TBS, whatever it's going to be. Um, the, the, the movie selection, again, Wild Wild West. It could be 10.30 in the morning and you're watching, you know, the middle of Jurassic Park or something like that. It just doesn't matter. Um, you're doing binge watching? Is that? Yeah, yeah, I guess it's yeah. binge watching. I, just, I literally just have that. That covers that. Movie. Yeah. And again, like Netflix has really changed the game. Obviously, like in high school, we didn't. We didn't have the Netflix like we do now. Yeah, like in um, middle school, I was just watching SpongeBob DVDs. See, I mean, whatever. Yeah. Family Guy DVDs were big. Fire. Family Guy DVDs. We watch all of Weeds freshman year in college, our hallway. Entourage. I, I think I, I think I knocked out. I think the big snowstorm, Snowmageddon. I think uh, me and me and uh, someone like we knocked out like a full season of Entourage, and it was like thirty-five episodes. Just like didn't even leave the room. We're just. The, the theme song over and over and over. I didn't do anything but play Call of Duty during that entire time. <laughs> well, I, I really also, didn't. I had the TV set up where I had a TV for TV, and then I had the TV for my video games. So, like, I'm I'm multitasking. I have my laptop next to me. Wow, so look like, at you innovating back in like 2000. What? Yeah, like 2000. I mean, I graduated Double high screening. school in seven. Good and lord. Then, and then I'm doing music on my laptop, like new age Facebook too, being like poking people on Facebook music you're getting in poke wars oh yeah you dirty man. dog the hell out of people damn yeah, and then and then, and then <laughs> we, should madden, go, we should cut that club <laughs> Mad, madden 2000 whatever on tv while while sports center is on for the ninth time in a row and you can just recite every highlight already it was it was great so binging endless tv movies whatever you want to call it yeah i got it thanks
Mm, a lot of stuff I have are variations of things I've already taken. I'm going to take, this is a very childhood thing for me. We would take Coke or vanilla Coke out in the snow they and then make, make Slurpees out of them. Stop. <laughs> Dump a little snow in the, in the can or the bottle of Coke. Let it kind of freeze up or kind of get it in the right, the right temperature. And then you make like makeshift Slurpees with them. And of course, you eat and drink it. It's delicious. Yep. So never did that because we had a 7-Eleven in walking distance of my house. So we just go buy Slurpees, <laughs> trudge through the snow. But at I love hall, that. At the hall, they didn't, they didn't make their Slurpees. I love the pig. Oh, no, that was pre – come on, come on. It doesn't have to be about Calvert Hall, even though it is. Um, yeah. I would have a been a much fatter kid if there was a 7-Eleven with a walking well, distance of my house. Well, and I was well. pretty chunky. Yeah. <laughs> been there. Um, you just go and get freaking those the um nacho taquitos, cheese man. and the taquitos and I'm the a big, big bites guy. and the giant you know big gulps. Oh, it was a dangerous situation. Buffalo chicken taquitos used to be part of my high school baseball game day routine, which is like 7-Eleven, what do you put in your body? And an Eddie's, Eddie's tremendous, tremendous grocery store. Um. I pretty much just outed exactly where my parents' house is, but if you know that area, um, not that anyone's going to go over there. But okay, I have two picks. Um, I am taking essentially what you added, RDT. There was nothing like waking up and seeing the snow day announcement. That was a freaking rush and a half. I have to have that on my team. There aren't many feelings in life. I th- now this is all different because of social media and and they update it like at like two in the morning. But back when all you could do is watch like WJZ and figure out if you're going to school the next day, that was a rush, an absolute rush to wake up and be like, is it two hours? Especially on the tweeners, like where it could be two hours late, canceled or nothing. That just there is just not a lot like that anymore. I, I was specifically going to take the the news ticker. The, the, the ticker yes. is the is exactly yes. what it had to be. Got and it. you would learn. And, like, they didn't decide that stuff a lot of times until, like, 5 a.m., right on the dot. 5, 6 a.m. or so. So you would get up super early, and you would be sitting there, like, cross-legged in front of the TV, just waiting as you'd see, like, you would learn the alphabetical. What county is right in front of yours? And then they would start mixing in these like nonsensical private schools that are independent of others. And it's like, who the fuck cares about like this fucking, I don't want to just, you know, disrespect any of these schools. So I'm not going to say anything. Hello. Hello. Nice to meet you. I was the kid looking for the nonsensical private school. Yeah. But you would just wait and wait and wait for your County to come through. And it was exhilarating. Absolutely. Until I got to, to Calvert Hall, which went by Baltimore County, which is freaking awesome because Baltimore County canceled for six inches of rain. Um, yeah, Odyssey used to make their own decision, which was always fun to wait to see if if like like counties were closing and Odyssey would be like two hours late. It was it was mind blowing. It was so annoying. Um, just wanted to keep those dyslexics in class. Um, but yeah, the, the ticker and you got to see like oh. University of Maryland medical system is closed, but like gold personnel is still asked to report. I always love that stuff. Like, like the blue team still needs to come to Hopkins baby or whatever it is. That was always an absolute electric factory to see like what person, even though you had no idea what those personnel groupings meant, like, Oh, Loyola college is closed, but like 
you know, essential personnel must report. Essential personnel must report. So good. Uh, what station did you guys watch? Do you remember? Do you remember if you had a favorite? Well, why well, the DC area? But it was NBC. Uh, and I almost wanted to ask you, Eric, were you DC area or Baltimore? Where you? We. Up, I mean, in we. In terms of what TV you had, we got both. We're literally we get we get both stations. That's wild. You got NBC. Yeah. You got WBAL and NBC four. Absolutely. That's wild. We still like so my parents did you still f- do. That's actually crazy. That's yeah, actually like crazy. How- Howard County Laurel is literally like Looney's and Maple Lawn. The Washington Post did an article on how it's like legitimately the halfway point between DC and Baltimore. And like, it's like they're just, they're shared. It's like, not a bad Looney's and Maple Lawn. It's a good time. No, it's a, it's a good one. Yeah. 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 I, just an amazing, that was just an amazing experience. An amazing experience. With my last pick, I'm going to take, I'm saying snowball fights. But really what I mean is more like you go out with your friends and you're just sort of walking around the neighborhood trying to figure out what you can get into outside. Like snowball fights would come into that a lot of the time because you're just there and that's your ammunition. But I enjoy just like walking around the neighborhood and getting into general shenanigans. Like, all right, like we got our crew, like we're going to roll, like this is where you like have the football with you and you like throw it around. It's like a very general pick and snowball fights comes into it. But I, we just used to like walk around the neighborhood like, oh, we found this hill. Let's just like slide down it. Like, oh, we found this tree with a bunch of snow. Let's go in it. Just the general crew shenanigans is sort of what I'm taking. I don't know if that makes any sense. I feel like that makes sense based on Banks' reaction, based on the fact that it seems like it's like just my pick was going to be such a shenanigan. <laughs> yeah, and it was snowball related. It was going to be throwing snowballs at at buses. <laughs> we yeah. public transportation. The ride on bus would go by, <laughs> would go by our neighborhood, and we would pick that thing off with snowballs all the time because you got these big glass windows and when a snowball hits it, it's very. It's very satisfying. It makes like a big boom. There's like, nobody boom. riding the bus. I mean, come on. It's crazy that they're out there. Well, we, I was thinking, and shenanigans is perfect because today I was thinking, like when I was shoveling, or I was shoveling yesterday, and I was thinking, like, we had the, uh, there was one point we uprooted a little tree, maybe like a tree that's like five or six feet tall. It may have fallen in the snow. And my friends and I went into the middle of the road that was plowed, put the tree in the middle of the road, like, planted snow around it to put the tree upright and it, we put it right around a turn i was maybe in ninth or tenth grade and then we sat on the hill watching cars that could not stop like on this icy road make this turn see a tree in the middle of the road and proceed to freak out when i say i i never thought my dad would would do the the homer simpson bart simpson on me like I, I legitimately thought my dad was going to murder me when he found us. Like it was, that it was is, like, that is thinking, diabolical. Thinking behavior. back on that. I, was I like, thought oh, I was oh. maybe putting myself out there and throwing projectiles at cars. Not at <laughs> all. You almost caused people to die. What are you guys doing? Yesterday I was thinking and being like, I can't believe we used to do that. Like that's, that's crazy. I think that all the time too. It's like, we could we be char- We could have been charged with like attempted murder. Like, I mean, no, you could have been charged big, with involuntary manslaughter and someone it crashed. It wasn't a big tree, but yeah, like putting it right after a turn, it was it was bad news. I can't I cannot believe that. Like number one, like someone would have shot us. They should have shot us. You might get you might get like arrested arrested statue of limitations statue of limitations here. I'm surprised you even said <laughs> that in a public forum. Yeah. Also, the, uh, the the plow was always an easy target. 
Oh, the plow. Shout out to plow. Shout out to the plow. They're grinding out there, but they're also clearing the streets. We don't want cleared. Yeah, we don't want them cleared. Don't want them cleared. You never wanted to see the plow. You never wanted to see the plow, man. You, you, you like woke up and you're like, why am I up? And then you hear like, and you're like this motherfucker. Like I'm going to have school tomorrow now. And there was nothing like that. It was so, yeah. 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 That was depressing. One time the snow plow, I heard it coming onto our street and my bedroom on the second floor had like the little mini roof of the garage, like right outside my window. So I opened my window and I gathered some snow off of this little roof and I made a snowball. And then I just like kind of contorted my body so I could throw like a sidearm throw out the window and I throw it and I like dip my head down to see like what's about to happen. I hit the snow plow directly on the windshield from my bedroom window and I couldn't believe it. And like, I don't know, it's just, one of those things. So maybe I'm taking throws. that after all. One of those throws that, like, if Mahomes makes it, it's all over right now. Like, drops the arm yeah. down. And- yeah. Also throwing snowballs at, like, the your neighborhood street signs and stuff. Oh, nothing like hitting a stop sign. Yeah. Like, it just. Doom. Yeah. That's a good one. I may go do that now, actually. Yeah. So I am actually going to be specific with this. And it's just throwing snowballs at things. Coach K got into with a Georgia Tech player, huh? Yeah, I, I just tweeted that. Like, oh, here we go. Boy. Oh, boy. What a um, fucking loser. Yeah. I, when I took Shinode shenanigans, I just thought you guys would know what I was talking about. And you have. Boy, do we know. Boy, yeah. do we know. Uh, just, of, to, no, yeah. but, but my pick was my pick is throwing snowballs at this. You can have that if you want it. Big yeah, object. that's what I'm taking. Yeah. Okay. Um, also, like the big cable TV boxes, if you had oh. those in your neighborhood, hitting those. Oh, yeah. We had um, these lamps in the neighborhood. Gosh, my mom's like part of the HOA now, and she's going to hate me for this. Um, the Like the light posts, they had these like panels that were like translucent plastic, and we would We'd pop those things out with snowballs every time. I'm not going <laughs> to po- have any podcast hosts next week when both of you guys get arrested. Straight up – I should have just taken vandalism. Yeah, vandalism. <laughs> yeah. That's what it is. Attempted murder and vandalism. Yikes. Uh, Finish. Yikes. Finish it off, RDT. Um, I'm going to say, and again, this is kind of as you get a little older. I'm, And this is a shout out to Banks too. Cooking and smoking things. Like I have like specifically like making your own chili. Like making chili, doing tomato soup and grilled yeah. cheese. Um. Talk about it. When you, you get a real good blizzard, <laughs> you get a real good blizzard, like a big crock pot or something that's going to yeah. be like a bunch of meals worth. That's satisfying too. Smoking's good, obviously too. The, the the smoking meats, obviously you got me the smoker for our wedding. To pumping that thing out in the winter, like buying a buying a fat old pork butt, like, you know, a couple nights before and just getting it all seasoned up. Um, I, I think it's just going to be like cooking slash make – smoking meats i think the mark zuckerberg smoking meats um yeah because again it's like any of that any any of that warm food the like the grilled cheese and tomato soups like an all-time come Mm. in after come in after you know the worst part about going out in the snow is taking everything off when you get in and just dropping it at the floor and your mom like picking it up being like i'll throw it in the wash um and then walking around in like wet socks the rest of the time um but like sitting down and having like a cup of 
uh, or a bowl of tomato soup and the grilled cheese is like perfect. And again, perfect. Yesterday, awesome chili weather. Perfect chili weather yesterday. Yep. Smoking pork, brisket, whatever you want to do. Like there, there's nothing like it. Chili. That's the draft. Snow day activities. Snow days are awesome. They're still awesome. I took sledding, building forts, sliding in cushions down the stairs. Very controversial pick. Snow day <laughs> announcement and snowball fight slash shenanigans. Banks took video games with the boys slash Mario Party. I think I'm getting that right. Uh, drinking, snow football, slurpee making, and throwing snowballs at things, potentially dangerously. Shout out to Mama Banks uh, and the HOA. RDT took video games with the boys online, <laughs> walking to the bar, sleeping in, endless cycles of TV watching slash binging, and cooking and smoking things. There you go. That's the draft. Honorable mentions for me, I had land parties, uh, but there was just mm. too much video game. There was just too many video games. Things <laughs> yeah. Happen, but there ain't no party like a land party. We've had that talk yeah. in another draft. That's a real great throwback. Um, and then I had uh, just, you could eat at any time during the day. It was just fun to just That's true. Yeah, that was but like, when I, when I had like a Mario Party break mixed in, it was like, it was almost like the break of just the being outside in the snow, which included the soup or whatever, but I didn't want to like take too many things with one pick. Cause I felt like that's not really a fair thing. Yeah. Which like hot chocolate falls under that bucket, which didn't get drafted, but I, I had hot very chocolate. reasonably should have. Yeah. A- uh, fireplaces, fireplaces should have been picked. Maybe um, that's a big uh, time. Yeah. And you got those yeah. red socks. Yeah. Um, I thought I have one more honorable mention. I had I had hot chocolate. I kind of took this off after the shenanigans stuff and after Taylor, your pick, night snow stuff. Like going out for a nightcap with your friends and again, just yes. kind of walk in the neighborhood, getting the gang back together, not doing anything, maybe uprooting a tree and putting it in the road. But again, just kind of patrolling the neighborhood. And it, it's like it mixes everything in. Patrolling the neighborhood, throwing snowballs at heavy things and just – that's when the shenanigans ramped up. That's when uh-huh. the the sledding hills got the iciest. Yeah, the ice when you could see the the glistening ice. The glare. The yeah. Yep. It's money. Um, um, yeah. I had I had drink, naps. Naps could have could have been taken like a nap yes, after yeah. after you come inside. Yeah. Um, I had going outside doing all the snow stuff, and then I also had nothing. Kind of just yeah. like the sick day one that we talked about, lounging, being on your laptop. We had the TV on and just. Not doing anything, but doing everything kind of at the same time. I, th- I thought about um, taking prices right. I did think about that. Yeah. Um, More sick day hey, than snow day pr- prices right for me. I, I also could have taken um, hating on NBC4's Pat Collins. Whoa. Oh. Whoa. Yeah. Wait. Wow. Wait, I'm sorry. Pat Collins. You know, what did he do to you? What a you ricochet shopper. What a ricochet shot. It's not a ricochet Collins. shot. I also, okay, this is a good time for this side conversation. Don't talk about Dorian the term, the term ricochet ricochet shot has been completely, we've lost our way with it because that is a direct shot, not a ricochet shot. No, I'm saying him being brought up in this conversation feels like just, mm. but yes, you're taking a direct shot at him. I meant him being brought up at all in this yeah. conversation. I don't want to mix my words about it. Sure. It's such what a cheese ball. Wow. Oh, wow. Yes. 
I, I learned about all of these old school NBC, all these old school DC area people since I've been at Maryland and gone through my Maryland experience. I didn't yeah. know it all them about it all growing up. It was all like Tom Tasselmeyer and all of the, you know, the people we know and love from, from Marty Bass, Marty Bass, obviously. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Shout out to our friend of the show, Jake Bass. But, um, I've learned about these DC people. And Pat Collins was one of the people I heard about first. He's NBC4, right, Pat Collins? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He had like a, a golden shovel or something that he would give for the first snow, snow of the year. Somebody would predict the first one. And then his move was the snow stick. He's a big snow stick guy, the ruler and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you going to see on George Michael next? But, but, but you get, what, two or three snow days a year, and he would do all that stuff. But the other 362 days a year, Pat Collins would do – he would try to dramatize and do all these theatrics when talking about a murder. And it's like, <laughs> chill the fuck out, Pat Collins. <laughs> he had one that went viral, like maybe, maybe a month ago. Where Is he still doing it? Someone was cheating on their girlfriend. The girlfriend <laughs> atta- like, went to this person, thought it was the boyfriend's car, and like spray painted, like, Michael, you're a cheater on the car, and it wasn't his car. And so, like, he did this whole, like, dramatic thing. And he's like, Michael, you're a terrible man. And look at the damage you've caused to another person's car now. Yeah, this is like a month, maybe a month and a half ago, where it's like, there goes Pat Collins still, still doing the damn thing. I loved it. You're not, you're not a fan of the Pat Collins? No, guy? man. Okay. No. This is a longstanding, which is why I almost want to do one that's just like, Starting five of vendettas, just guys that you just are like not not your guys. You just like wow. I just Pat Collins. Just on my, I'm gonna see Pat, Pat Collins, Collins wants to come on. Pat Collins is going on the show. A young you, Banks vendetta. Are you gonna shit on Jim Nance now? R.I.P. The young goat. What's that? Jim no, Nance. Jim, Bob Vance. No, no, no. Jim Vance. Oh, Jim Jim Vance. Yeah, the black guy with the earring. No, he's cool. He's oh, good he in my book. Was, his was name wasn't cool. Bob Vance. See, this is where my DC No, Bob Vance, Vance, Bob Vance, Vance, Refrigeration. Refrigeration, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. What yeah, kind of yeah. work you in, Bob? We're, we're, we're Jim, officially past midnight. Jim Vance, biggest Zards guy in DC. Jim Vance, Jim Vance was one of the biggest people we got, was one of the most unexpected, not biggest, one of the most unexpected people we got for the Big Ten glasses campaign. We moved into the Big Ten. And <laughs> Him people and George fl- and People freaking love the Jim Vance picture. Like, love it. it. Went crazy for it. I don't know where it is. It's somewhere. It's somewhere on Twitter, probably in the in the archives. I watched a lot of NBC Four as a kid, and uh, that's why I dropped that Sonny Jurgensen reference last week. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. So if you search at UM Church Jim Vance, we used the picture when he passed away in 2017, but that was the photo we got of him. Um. 815 likes on that tweet for his uh, his passing. He was beloved. How many how many likes did the Georgie Marison picture get? I don't know. I, I don't. I might not go back and find that. Millions. Millions. Cook for that guy once upon a time. Probably Georgie or Jim Vance. George. Jim Vance. And you can't see the quote tweets. I want to see people saying nice things about Jim Vance. Yeah, people. Could, love you know that. why? Because probably 2017 they had the manual retweets. Uh, probably, probably. But then why would they show the 18 quote tweets? Whatever. Doesn't matter. That's the draft. That's the uh, starting five draft percent of my fifth thrill. Use the promo code exit 52 to get 20% off of your sunglasses from a local favorite fed thrill. Nick Cannon Medley, Maryland person of the week. It is the final week. We can say this until it comes back. Darts, darts, 
darts, darts, darts. Peter Wright is the world darts champion, defeating Michael Smith in a quality final, a quality, quality, quality played final. I think the people were rooting for Michael Smith to get his first ever TV major. The 31-year-old couldn't get it done. The 31-year-old from St. Helens. Peter Wright wins his second world title and then proceeds to give one of the more awkward interviews in the history of sports <laughs> and afterward as uh, Michael Smith was standing there telling him he needed to work on his doubles, doubling meaning the shots you need to get out on a, on a darts round to win legs. Um, very bizarre situation, them standing there next to each other. It would be like if Patrick Mahomes stood next to Tom Brady after winning the Super Bowl over him. It was very weird. Um, but darts, it, it, if you love the darts, stand up. And we love the darts here on this show. RDT, I hope you, that you, you get into darts next year. I hope that you, uh, you maybe come enjoy the darts with us. It's a very, I, very I fun a, sport to watch. I have a very open mind when it comes to darts. Thank you. Some people don't. But, um, yeah. Thanks. I'm sad to see it gone. Yeah, my AirPods just went out for a second there. Um, I'm here, though. Um, is there an echo, by the way? No. Cool, cool. Um, yeah, I know the darts was uh, – it's an unbelievable quote by Peter right there in that moment. It's just conscious there for like two and a half sets where he just, I mean, Michael Smith was there where it was like so close to being in that position where you can just start to taste victory. And then it just got snatched away from in a heartbeat. It was, it was a great final. Amazing timing, by the way. And maybe this won't show up in the final recording. You confirmed that you didn't have an echo and then your internet went out as you started that statement. It was just it's, your technology situation is just an unfortunate byproduct of, I don't know what is a byproduct of. But. I think I need a new laptop. I think that's a big piece of it. We might, we might have the people crowdfund you for a new, for just a new technology situation. See if the, see if the, the fans want to go in and help. I, you. I would accept. <laughs> Venmo's open. Uh, but Yes. <laughs> Michael Smith, he'll be back. He'll win one of these at this point. The guy's too damn talented to not get it done. But it's just a fun tournament to watch. We get a lot of enjoyment out of it. I'm sure when we talk about it on the show, people are like, what the hell's going on here? But it has to get mentioned. We we care about it. It has to get mentioned. It's just long enough where you wake up every day and there's just darts on. And then when you get to the point where they're gone, you don't feel complete. You just don't feel like yourself. Yeah. Like you just. I, I said to my roommate, also a big darts guy, one of the best days of the year is the World Darts Championship Final because it's the longest darts match and it's fun to watch. One of the best days. It's also one of the worst days because the darts is over. Yeah. We're going to try to, I think, stay more abreast of it during the year, though. Normally, we just kind of gear up for the World Championships. It's becoming a little easier to watch, and hopefully they come back to the United States in June like they were supposed to a couple they're years ago. They're supposed to. It's, yeah. on those, it's on the schedule. Yeah, the U.S. Darts. They get their on sale. I mean, they're there to be had. So. We'll see if they – maybe they'll get press pass to the X-52 podcast. We'll have to – That'd be true. Oh, my God. Oh my God. Talking to the darters. Can you imagine if we just got darts players on this pod? We'd be the only ones listening. Maybe but God, would that be electric? Shout out to the darts. Eric, what do you got? I have, let me see. I gotta, I gotta get it. Oh my guys. Deontay Foreman. Oh my God. Um, let's put in Jared Patterson. Are we really doing this? Um, Justin Tucker. And the big one is Alan Lazard. Alan Lazard. But giving me a 19.2 to put Derrick Henry stiff arm up and over the 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 proverbial hurdle uh, to win my first. I've never won a fantasy championship. The hosts can mute 
people while they're talking, right? The, the fantasy championship. Yeah, but I think the more embarrassing part of this is that this it continues. And put six hundred dollars okay. into my pocket. Um, I guess. Yeah. I'm, I feel sorry for everybody else. Yeah, that, I do. No, I, but I think I think our 9. listeners will 2. join us in listening to this and thinking like, "What a clown!" As Alan Lazard, nineteen point two, huge touchdown just, catch. Later, if it goes on, if it goes on, yeah, if it goes on much longer, Jared Patterson, twenty. He's all, he's got a very finite amount of time here. One hundred fifty-two yeah. points. Uh, yeah, there he goes. There it is. Yeah, that was sorry. Had enough. Yeah. Sorry, I got I got muted there real quick. Sorry, it's unmuted. Um, I don't know. I may have been muted. I'm just gonna <laughs> yeah. start repeating myself. Uh, yeah, Derek Henry stiff arm. Thank you. Congrats to me for my first fantasy championship. First, I've ne- I never won one. I never won a fantasy championship. Wow, that's that's very. I've come close. Coming second. Coming third. I won two leagues last year. I had a year where I didn't win a, a game. In a fantasy season, it's unbelievable. Man, you're killing your football career. You've got a guy show. perpetually in the loser championship game laughing at you. Yeah, that's a yeah. <laughs> at least. He, <laughs> hey, I, Banks d- d- did avoid one. Banks did avoid once again in our league having to jump into the uh, we, the polar bear plunge. We've got a big decision to make regarding our interim coach. So, yeah. You really need to figure it out in that league. You have figured it out in the fantasy basketball league, though. You have Correct. turned that ship around, but you, you may Correct. have to bring that management and ownership into your fantasy football. You have to. Because you are struggling. Um, I somehow finished fifth in that league despite putting up a lot of points the last two weeks in the constellations. We have to figure out the constellation. I guess because I didn't make the semis. I put up I big know. points the last two weeks because of Joe Burrow. Yeah. He's, he's fun to have on your team. Uh, any honorable mentions? I'm assuming you just shared the darts with me. Banks, I was going to go to you, but I'm oh, not sure. No, I was, I was going to take Hawaii. Oh, okay. um, I've, I've mentally prepared just in case things don't go our way someday to be fully engaged into golf mode as well. I think that's the right place to be. And the PGA Tour is in Hawaii on the Hawaii swing the next two weeks. And the Century Tournament of Champions is an unbelievable venue. Um, super hilly. Some of the views are incredible. Hawaii. Um, and it's prime time golf too. You get golf like when you come home from work and it's on and you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Like if if the Ravens, you know, win, but the Colts take care of business, like am I gonna watch Raiders Chargers on Sunday night football? Eh, I don't know. But am I also gonna have my other TV on the final round of that tournament? You bet your ass. It's gone to a playoff like every year, it seems like. So I'm all about it. Tournament of champions. Anybody who won a tournament last year on the PGA Tour schedule gets entry into this event, which makes it a cool event. Um, including Xander Schauffele, you got a special exemption because that was not a PGA Tour event in the Olympics, but they granted him access to this tournament. So, As they should, an American hero, Xander Schauffele. He's won this tournament before. Um, as you said, and everyone accepted the invite. They're, every guy went down there, apparently. A full field, so uh, Rory did not actually. Oh, Rory, I thought mm-hmm. I read somewhere that it was a full field. Okay, mm-hmm. well, um, that that was wrong. That was wrong. Rory that was wrong. Rory also, read my blogs. Oh, yeah, the banks. Go- yes, the, yes. Blog the blogs are back. Banks golf blogs are back. Very informative. If you're trying to, if you're trying to just learn more about golf, if you're trying to wager some capital on golf, mm-hmm. or just be have some vested interests, or just like, yeah. Wanna- Get a little primer before every every or week support or just COVID. support you because that's what we yeah. do on the show. I'm here for it, and yeah. buy me a new laptop while you're at it. <laughs> maybe that yeah, maybe if you read more of his blogs, he can buy a new laptop. That's Correct. also 
perhaps in the cards. Yeah, golf season being back is fun. I love the golf season. Golf is just nice to have on TV every weekend. It's just a thing you can go to right. when there's not. PGA like, Tour Live ramping up on ESPN Plus. Going to be much better than the other PGA Tour Live, you would think. ESPN Plus has become a, one of the great investments to be made yeah. out there. It's, I mean, ESPN Plus is I got the Knights game on right now. Not going it's great. It's only going to get it's only going to get better too, because they're only going to put more into it. Yep. Pretty good original program. You got all the thirty for thirties on there. ESPN Plus and that UFC. ESPN Plus is a nice product. Any honorable mentions from either one of you? I don't think so. Absolute crickets. Yeah, nothing. Alan Lazard. Um, seems like crickets. Uh, well, it's crickets for you as you are once again for. Oh, you're back. You're back. I'm back. Um, I just gonna give once again to the darts. Just one more shot. Just another darts. honorable mention. Yeah, another honorable mention is the darts. And when it comes back, guys, that's it. A fantastic episode of the X Fit Two podcast. If we do say so ourselves, thanks once again to Grayson Rodriguez for jumping on with us. Cannot wait to see him get back out. I I was gonna say, you know, prime but for spring training. It's gonna be interesting to see how baseball develops here over the next few months. And I'm glad we didn't talk to him about that because there's no need to to get into those weeds with him. But who the hell knows? I was said get ready for, yeah. for opening day. I mean, who knows Ken Rosenthal take from him. You wanna you wanna throw out a Ken Rosenthal take before we get out of here? Or Not me. Take? No. I mean he, no, I mean he I, I tweeted yesterday. I've I've been hard on him for his O's takes the last couple, you know, weeks, months or whatever. I think he's still one of the best baseball minds, writers on-air personalities, everything. I think he's great. Um, just shows kind of what a, a loser Manfred is. I think, who was it? David Aldridge, D.C. zone, Maryland zone. Yeah. Had that had that good tweet today being like, I wrote for NBA.com and NBA, you know, whatever. Works for Turner, yeah. 15 years, yeah, yeah. And he said, you know, NBA owned that. And he said, whenever I wrote something bad about the NBA or David Stern, like, he would call me and curse me out. He wouldn't fire me. It's Manfred is quickly – Losing not quickly, but it's been happening for a while. But like just losing everyone, everyone. He he's the worst commissioner in sports. Worse than it's worse than really Batman. an incredible achievement to in this short of a period of time lower yourself below Gary Bettman and Roger Goodell. Yeah, Gary Bettman, who is reviled among hockey fans, and Roger Goodell, who's reviled among essentially everybody. But people hate people hate Rob Manfred more. It's it's incredible. Adam Silver is doing God's work being this well-liked. Him and Stern so, were both so well-liked. Like, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder who the commissioner of the darts is. That's enough for this week's episode of the X-52 podcast presented by Jimmy Seafood. Thanks once again to Fed Throw. Make sure you go to Thread Level Midnight. X-52 merch up there. A lot of great stuff that they have um, in store for uh, your, you know, coming out of Christmas, your holiday needs, start stocking up for next year. Never too early to get presents. And maybe it is a little too early right now. Um, and thanks always to Jimmy Seafood, who will have Mr. Um, Terrell Suggs at the tailgate this weekend before he appears at MT Bank Stadium. So if you want to see T Sizzle, head out to the what has just become a fantastic production from Jimmy Seafood. Shout out to them. I think I said that a couple weeks ago, but it really seems to get better every single week. Appreciate them. And we will see you for what is will perhaps be our final Ravens instant analysis of the 2021 season on Sunday. We hope it's not. Hopefully everything goes well for the Ravens and they can sneak into the playoffs. But maybe the last instant analysis and 
God willing, the Orioles are somehow good enough for us to do some instant analysis of them. Not sure it's going to be the year this year, but maybe we'll get there and we'll find other things to do instant analysis of, but it could be the last instant analysis until week one of the Ravens season next um, this, later this year. So mm-hmm. uh, make sure to tune in for that. And then we'll be back for the regular show and um, probably be really reviewing the Ravens season um, if they do not make the playoffs, but hopefully previewing a playoff game. So we'll see you then. And we'll see you next time on the Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy's Seafood.